Hi, this is Bruce Kulick, and you're listening to Shout It Out Loudcast with Tom and Zeus. These guys know Kiss inside and out. They freak me out all the time. You're going to enjoy it. The episode is epic. Hello. Hey, what's up there, Kiss Army? Tom and Zeus, another episode of Shout It Out Loudcast. Episode 164. Hal Sparks. Hal. Hal, 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 private. Oh, come on. You know that few good men, people. Yeah, we got a nice big guest today here. Big fans of Hal Sparks. And he came on and uh, yeah, we're going to get to it in a minute. But uh, yeah, that was a, a really, really nice treat for us to talk to him for a long time. It was great. Yeah, that could have gone on for hours. So we're going to fly through this stuff so we can get to the interview. Yep. But Tom, how are you? fantastic uh yeah it it was 65 degrees yesterday we're recording on wednesday february 24th it was 65 degrees yesterday in southern new hampshire and tomorrow friday the 25th we are getting a foot of snow Woohoo! yeah wonderful wonderful living in new england you've got a headache i think you were telling me earlier i have a slight headache oh oh boy it's a big Uh. one Oh, uh, I took a terrible tumble. I was telling you, my team, who's seated oh. number one, just lost in overtime and got eliminated in the playoffs. My Tell hockey team coaching, but and I and I and I can't control my anger to these high school kids. And I was should have said to them like, ah, it's all right, guys. You know, you tried hard, you worked hard this year. It was no, no, you, you motherfuckers, you, you bunch of fucking this. losers, you fucking blew this. You know, much this sucks. The fuck? I hate fucking losing. Coach, fuck. it, coach, it's okay I leave early? No. No. It's okay I leave early, find place to live? No. no. You did what? To their what? We put liquid heat in their what? In their jocks. <laughs> Glad you nerds. Uh, you uh, trilams fought back. Here it comes. Yeah, <laughs> Greatest comedy of all time. Oh, it's it's up there. It's up there. Yeah, it's up. There. I, maybe I spoke too soon, but it's no, up no, there. no. Maybe for the eighties, I would, I would, no doubt of the eighties. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know how we go. We always had the trifecta of slap shot coming to America and uh, Revenge of the Nerds. Oh yeah. Am I missing one? Animal House was a big one in college. Yeah, yeah. Animal House. Yeah. I, I still think it was a little step down from those three. Oh, I agree. Right, yeah. especially yeah. for quotes for us. Oh, for quote, quote, yeah, yeah. Oh, god, yeah. Because Revenge of the Nerds had the like the best like stupid things in the side background. Oh, oh that's a great. That's a movie you could just like pause it and laugh at <laughs> shit in the background. Oh, I'm afraid we can. See, with you nerds, uh, you try try lambs. Uh, <laughs> anybody here have allergies? Me too. I- excuse, please. Uh, but why does they call you booger? I don't know. I do that around my house. And even times I do this. Oh, I'm getting tired of Betty. And my daughter's like, who the fuck is Betty? Who's Betty? I, I, it, that, I mean, yeah, you get car- tired of that ass, Takashi. Oh, I see your I point. See your point. 
What Takashi? I'll just blurt out, focus, Lamar. <laughs> All right, let's move it along. As we right. always do, we don't go forward. We go backwards first. We had a poll. How'd that go? Yes. Yeah, so last week we did the, the uh, Reels channel, which fucking nobody can find. <laughs> and you know what? We tag Reels on Twitter and everything. We never, we never heard one word from them because we're trying to get the word out there that they need to do a better job of getting their product out there. But we did the, uh, the, the Kiss Frontmen, Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley documentary. Um, so the poll question was a simple one. Who is your favorite frontman out of the two? You just sound like you're about. Who to- is your daddy and what does he do? <laughs> how many of you were born here in Astoria? Come okay, on. now how many of you here were not born in Astoria? Raise your hands. <laughs> All right, how did the poll go? To no surprise, Paul dominated 67%. Paul. Yeah, I get that. I mean, I, I, I'll be honest, I guess I was surprised that Paul didn't get more. There you go. Um, yeah. People! You know, yeah, all the comments here are, are big time supporting of of, uh, of Paul. You know, we had one guy, Andrew Waller. I went with Gene. He's more interesting on stage. Paul's stage persona is too cheesy for me. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Kiss man. Oh, I know. He might not be. Uh, yeah, so that that was Paul. Everybody loves Paul, uh, and the, the comments were, the comments came out in support of Paul too, not Gene. Yeah. Um, and then a, a couple of episode specific ones. Vet Halen said, "Interesting show. I never knew Gene had polio as a kid." Looking forward to the episode. Shout out Loudcast is the grown up version of Saturday morning cartoons and cereal. That's a that's a that's a great. I'll take that. That's a great compliment. Oh, and then our buddy King Kusano. Fucking Judy Ho. <laughs> uh, and then we had um, a little bit of an incident here with super fan Dave. Oh, no. Oh, because nope, didn't watch it. Gene is not a front man. Whoa. And then we had somebody on Twitter. I don't think this is a real person, but their <laughs> Twitter handle is Pandemic Paul. <laughs> and he responds. <laughs> Hey, super fan, that oh, is no. a ridiculous, <laughs> that is a ridiculous statement. He's the only one of them that can still sing and he sings their anthem and their most famous song as good as ever. Now do Paul. Ooh, I thought he'd Uh-oh. be like an insult, but I mean, that's, that's pretty accurate for him to say that then. And then Dave fights back. Hey, oh, super. No. He says, Hey, super fake. <laughs> Oh boy. That is a George Costanza jerk store fucking comeback. Hey, the, hey super fake. The kiss store called. They're running out of you. Oh, um, no. oh no. So what did he say? Hey, so then fake? he said, he said, you're gonna call Gene a liar next. I said zero about abilities or lack thereof. I said Paul is the uh-huh. front man. Period. Okay. Okay. That's fine. That, that, that's fine. Did the war end there? No, because in <laughs> pandemic. No, because <laughs> I like how you keep asking to see if this is going to end. Because <laughs> I don't no, have it in front of me. You're reading no, it. Because no, because in pandemic, Paul says, "Yeah, Gene is being nice. Gene is kind and gives compliments to other members of Kiss, past and present. 
Now do Paul, you know, oh, the, the guy who the guy who can't sing anymore. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> that is funny because that is like that. That's a new fucking now do Paul. Yeah, that, yeah, that's that's that. And then it ended there. So oh, it ended. No. Yeah, it ended. Oh. Um, uh, our buddy uh, Jace 430, also known as Jason Worden. Uh, he says, I just resubscribed to Real so I can watch them listen to the podcast. I'm definitely a hashtag kissed All right. Well, then we got a good one from Skivvies. He says, the reenactments are priceless. <laughs> oh, and then we got a new listener here. This is Amber Pickering. She says, holy shit, I am listening and crying over the pizza. Awesome <laughs> podcast. New listener here from the UK. Woo-hoo, yeah! welcome. All right, Amber. Now, you. I think she's referring to the fact that we said that when Paul is flying on the rig across, he's going to have a, the pizza oven on a rig in front of him. And he's he's throwing be- out slices at people. He's, <laughs> and he's burning people, throwing hot slices of he's, pepperoni. He's, with He's, he's dropping fucking sh- shredded oregano over the fucking crowd. <laughs> Throw up some parsley. God damn it, Starchild just burned me. Oh, ah! Starchild burned me. Oh. <laughs> a fan would be asking for it. Oh, then we got Brian Rita. He says, I already watched it. To be honest, it's the same thing any diehard Kiss fan already knows. Besides, they get stuff wrong, like always. Yeah, I, we have Brian. We're not going to disagree with you. It's, it's, it's nothing breaking. It's just... It's fun to just watch these these things just break them down. You just know what like I mean? the old days on the VH1 shows, hint, hint, the guy coming up next. Exactly. Those were like fun, bubblegum kind of like you watch it and they're like yep. past the time where you, you flick through the channels, you see it, and you know what? You stay on it. Yeah, because you want to see, especially now that we know that Reels does the horrible reenactments. That's more entertaining <laughs> than anything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that's Twitter. What do you got on the book of face? Yeah, Tom, I'm going to zip through this stuff because I do want to get to it. Yeah. Um, let's go over to Loudcasters. Okay. Justin <laughs> Steele may have my favorite comment of the week, though. Absolutely. Yes. He just said, John Musacias. <laughs> that it might be one of the biggest inside jokes in SIOL history. <laughs> one of us, it could have been you or me, wrote Musacias. Yes. It's the stupidest thing. I don't know why. We this was like this is like 30 years ago humor that we did this at college, Tom. This we was freshman year, freshman year. Yeah, we found the fact that he would be, the guy repeating his name back then was the funniest thing. I don't get my name, it. My name my name is John Musachia. Musachias. Musachias. <laughs> It's like, it's like, you know, like sometimes when you write something down and you're saying it as you're writing it, yeah. it's almost like he's like, Musa Chias. <laughs> so dumb. Anyway, uh, uh, here we go. Uh-oh. Matt Wallace. Which, by the way, before you read this, I want to give a special shout out to Matt Wallace. Matt Wallace sent me a personal DM to my, my page. Oh, uh, that's great. Had- no, it wasn't show related. It was just it was it was just a nice little uh, private conversation. So I want to I want to give him a little shout out. Now get back to his stories about taking shits or whatever he does. I don't know if I'm happy that he didn't DM me personally or that I'm upset. I don't know. Don't be uh, upset. 
Yeah, here he is. Um, the Reels episode on Kiss Frontman was just generic from what I can see. Unlike listening to the episode of Shout It Out Loudcast. As I listened to the show, I was eating breakfast. Here it comes, I told you. I had 69 packs of cinnamon swirl oatmeal. About halfway through the episode, I felt a strange sensation in my lower abdominal region. I quickly ran my, to my favorite place in the house, stripped my pants off, and sat on the toilet. All 69 packs of oatmeal came shooting out of me like a fire hose. The now fudge and blood-infused second-hand oatmeal nearly reached to the top of the toilet. I was grateful that I didn't release that into my dungarees. Oh, no. Not the dreaded stick in the mud. (laughs) What's a stick in the mud, you ask? That is where you lean forward to pick something up while you're on the toilet and your meat stick. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck? Plunges deep into the contents of the bowl. Well, I gotta go get a Q-tip to clean some of the chunks out of my pee hole. Talk to you later. I don't want to know how long it takes him to come up with these. Or oh, <sighs> worse, that they're real. That stick in the mud. <laughs> See, now I got a bigger headache. Thanks, Matt. Oh, from fucking laughing. Oh, my God. Oh, man. Over on YouTube. Uh Uh-oh. YouTube. Devin Dungan. Great episode, guys. Haven't gone around to giving this a watch, but at some point, I'll check it out. I saw Breaking the Band episode, and it was pretty much whatever to me, but at least we got docs on Kiss and other classic rock bands like this. That's true. Good point. John B. Good. I can remember seeing Kiss as far back as January 1973, back before Paul had established himself as a true front man. At this particular show, Peter had his drum kit moved to the front center of the stage, and he smoked Marlboro Reds and drank Old Crow bourbon between songs. It was confusing at times when Peter would start his crowd raps because half the time he was threatening the crowd or telling them the directions to a Vietnamese rub and tug. Oh, Towards the end of the show, after Peter had threatened to leave the band, if an audience member didn't pass him a plate of Coke with copper spoon, Paul and Gene grabbed both sides of the drum kit and pulled it as far back as possible as they could. And Starchild took his place, and with a twinkle in his eyes, uh, he screamed, how many people here like to boogie? Ace, you want a boogie? Oh, God. All right, Mr. Antonio 2005. A friend of mine said during the real show that they had the following commercials that ran after the first segment. Paul Paul Stanley promoting his new pizza pockets with extra goat cheese. (laughs) Next, KTEL Records presents Ace Frehley Sings the Ballads. (laughs) And includes a wicked cover of Peter Chris By Myself. Uh, By Myself. Oh, Uh, no. And last, but certainly not least, Gene Simmons announces the new limited edition Kiss Wigs. You can save 30% if you order both the 84 Animal Eyes and 87 (laughs) Crazy Nights Demon Package. 
And you also receive a private virtual lesson from Gene on how to position the wig for the right look and feel for that someone in your life. Nice. Oh, well done. Martins. Hi guys. Thanks for reading my email on the show. Great episode, by the way. Unfortunately, reels is not available here, but after your comments, it doesn't matter anymore. Cheers. (laughs) That's a great one. I love it. Montreal Voots. Super episode, guys. Enjoy hearing your thoughts regarding initial downfall of the band. I think Tom nailed it with the release of Dynasty in 79 with May I Was Made for Loving You single being greater variable than the solo albums and the act movie in 78. To a nine-year-old KISS fan like me, 1978 was a magical year and the band's faces were everywhere. Not just in pure record stores, Sam the Record Man, but even more so all over the music department of the large Sears stores your parents would drag you to on Saturday morning to buy more white tube socks and butter cookies on sale. Oh. Brother and his friends were 16. I would always be listening, talk, and argue about music as they were going to all the rock shows paid for by scalping extra tickets. It was Kiss versus Zeppelin versus Sabbath. I can remember that once Dynasty was released, the argument quickly became one-sided since Kiss was now disco. Then half of these guys were wearing disco socks t-shirts or had patches on their Levi's jackets. You would hear, look at Gene's face on the cover. Even he's freaking out that they made a disco album. Ha ha, they suck. And to a 10-year-old, saying you're a Kiss fan all of a sudden became a lot less cool. Especially since Van Halen 1 and 2 was playing non-stop on the FM rock station. While I Was Made for Loving You was part of the dance music mix on AM. Releasing that cartoonish cover for Unmasked just fed the kiss uh, uh, is for kids talk. While Ozzy was clutching a cross and Angus was sprouting horns. And then there's the concept album. Thanks a lot, guys, for keeping us entertained. Keep up the awesome 2022. Wow, that's great. Thank you. That's really good. Yeah. Now, let's go to our buddy, Marty White. Uh-oh. I was hungry the other day, so I decided to try a pizzeria that opened in town. It's called Isano's, which sounds like the Italianized version of Ison. Oh, God. It was an odd place. Whenever the door opened, the staff was alerted by a brief clip of Soul Station's ooh child. <laughs> Suddenly, a guy looking like an uncomfortable cross between Hillary Clinton and Joyce DeWitt approached oh. and said, Welcome. Let me take you to your station. Oh, will, you, will you enjoy the soul of pizza? I ordered a simple pepperoni pizza, but when it came out, the cheese and the sauce were only on half the pizza. Seven pieces of pepperoni were carelessly tossed, completing what looked like a pizza only a crooked person would eat. Oh, nice. I asked Joyce if I could see the cook. He said, I'll get him for you. He curtsied and got the chef. A short, rude guy came back with Joyce. What do you want, fucko? (laughs) I asked him why he thought it was okay to serve such a sloppy pizza. Look, fucko, that's the way we make them from here. The owner is particular ah <laughs> nice before we could say more ooh child sounded and we all turned as a muppet looking dude staggered in oh, and no. vomited oh my god without taking a pause to acknowledge the vomit he said i need a slice of pepperoni and a mellow yellow 
I also want an application. I want to be your driver. The short guy went over to the Muppet and said, why do you want to work here, fucko? I turned to Joyce and asked, why do you work here? Joyce blushed and said with a curtsy as he turned away, the chef has a nine-inch cock. Oh, my God almighty. These are our listeners. These are our listeners. Oh, man. This is our crowd. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. Tom, that's what I got. What do you got? All right. Before we get to a couple emails, I just want to read a new DM that we got on Facebook. Woohoo! This comes from Kevin Linton. He says, good morning, guys. I just discovered your podcast a couple months ago, and I have a question. This is not going to be question of the week, but I just wanted to fire it off here. So it says, I'm listening to the real show episode now, and I got to thinking about the band's costumes. In 1978, they had the Alive 2 costumes, and yes, they were awesome. But looking back now as a guy in my 50s, do you think we should have seen them as getting softer as far as their look goes? Paul was wearing a blinged-out tux jacket with tails. Ace was had the big silver chest piece with sequins. Gene looked awesome, and Peter looked good, but not as tough, in my opinion, as he was before. Do you think now that the Dynasty costumes were such a far stretch as the next step for the band, as they seem to be toning down their look? Love the show. Thanks for your time. Kevin, thank you for reaching out and discovering the podcast. That's awesome. We appreciate it. That's a great point. Um, we're going to talk about costumes a little bit more as we start breaking down tours, but uh, quickly, I'd never really thought of that, the way you broke that down with the blinged out tucks and tails and stuff. Very interesting, but uh, we appreciate that. Thank you so much, Kevin. Uh, very cool stuff. Thank you. Um, and let's blow through a few quick emails here. This comes from Anthony, also known as Rush's Lee Lifeson Pert. Um, excuse me, Pert. Uh, hey, guys, for the quick little discussion you had on Dynasty during the episode, um, and you said I was made for loving you was alienating fans. Tom, I think the musical landscape was changing. Can't help but wondering if Charisma and I was made for loving you were swapped and they released another song besides I was made as the first single and something more rocking instead. The album's first side could have been Charisma, 2000 Man, Sure No Something, Dirty Living. That's a great rock side. Open side two with I was made for loving you instead. Doing it this way would maybe not be such a disco shock to start off the album and turn people off immediately. Back then, it wasn't uncommon, if I remember correctly, to have a single as a side two opener. Just some thoughts, Anthony. Yeah, we've talked about that before. That's a great point. Um, you know, I was made for loving you was the hit, but if they release something a little different, yeah, who knows? But interesting. Uh, when we get to Dynasty review, we'll talk about it. Um, and I want to give a quick shout out here. We got an email um, from Tim. He says, uh, here from Australia, just recently discovered your podcast. I really like it. I love your honesty and free-flowing fun you guys are having, and damn, you guys are funny. What I've heard so far, I totally agree on everything you guys say about Current Kiss. I'm going through and listening to all your past episodes. Um, so one of the reasons why I wanted to give Tim a shout-out with this email is he runs a Twitter page called Kiss Remasters, and he's in the middle right now of working on an alternate Alive 2 um, and he has some sample videos and stuff. So highly recommend it. If you're on Twitter, it's at Kiss Remasters. Uh, so check that out. He's doing some really good work. He kind of gave us like a little explanation of how he's putting together Houston 77, Largo 77. Um, he's syncing up remastered audio. So he, he's pretty skilled at this and he's, he's doing a really nice job. So check that out at Kiss Remasters on Twitter. So that's cool. Um, and then we got an email here from Juan Garza, Johnny G, who you'll hear from again, says, hey, fuckos, it's taken a year, but I'm finally getting around to emailing you. 
you joke, you jokers crack me the F up. Let me warn you now. I'm going to be all over the place with this first email to you guys. It may come across as an airing of my grievances. First off, I love the fact you guys don't take anything too serious and praise as well as condemn the band when you guys feel like it's needed. Other kiss-ass related podcasts could learn a thing or two from you guys. Ooh, okay, thanks. Fellas, your impressions are great, especially when doing Ace talking about pizza and Mellow Yellow, which you just heard. <laughs> Next, Stanley Eisen, a.k.a. Pandemic Paul, a.k.a. Picasso Puss, drives me effing crazy. Jeez. Most most days, I just wish that he would get a flat tire while out riding his bike and end up at the same bike shop that Arnold and Dudley ended up in <laughs> at different strokes. Jesus Christ almighty, no. <laughs> then he goes and writes a skit about what it might be like. <sighs> Boy. Then he continues, observations as after listening to random SIOL casts. Eddie Trunk, did you know he signed Ace to a record deal at Megaforce Records and that he hangs out with Sebastian Bach and that he wrote a set list for Cheap Trick and then he has a, has a second home in Vegas and then Ace went to his wedding? <laughs> Also, isn't it great how Binky, <laughs> a.k.a. Shakes the Clown, <laughs> got Ace his gig in Kiss. Gee, thanks, Binky. What did, you th- what did the folks at Reels compensate you with for that compelling interview? A 40-ounce bottle of Old English? Then he goes, I told you I was going to be all over the place. Um. <laughs> Okay, now it's time for me to sign up to be a Patreon. Awesome. We'll get into that. So that I can get on the big news you guys have been touting for the last year. What's going to happen first? The big Patreon news will be revealed or all the Kiss Tards will finally get their Dubai live in the mail. Time to sign off. My keyboard is getting more of a workout than Sunny Pooney's CPAP machine. <laughs> Thanks for letting me bust your balls. I'll be checking it again soon. Keep up the great work. Johnny G. Oh, man, that was a great one. And then we're going to finish off with this one from the great Angelo Capasso subject line, Marvel movie ending. You know how it's a must to sit through all the credits when watching a Marvel movie, because there is always a great teaser waiting for you. Well, once again, you two are hitting it out of the park. I love the little three minute small talk. You both were having about Tom in the interview at the end of the cast. Very creative. I love how you guys continue to push the envelope and make your podcast, no doubt, the best KISS podcast out there. Keep throwing us those curveballs. You really smash them out of the park. Angelo, you are the best, my friend. And thank you for that wonderful email. And for that, you are this week's comment of the week. Good answer. Good answer. I like the way you think. I'm going to be watching you. <laughs> yeah, Angelo, you joined a very small class of two-timers of comments of the week. Thank you, Absolutely. Angelo. Your yep. comments are always welcomed and uh, always appreciated. Thank you Absolutely. again. Absolutely. It was great. Excellent. Yep. And, Tom, before we move on to Kiss World, we like to give a shout-out to all our Patreon fans and subscribers. Yep. Um, Patreon is where people can uh, join and contribute to our podcast, help us out. And with that, they get some perks. We have different tiers where you can get certain things at certain levels. Uh, we obviously have four levels because there are four characters. 
We've got the cat man, the spaceman, the star child, and the demon tear. Take a look at them. See if any of them interest you. See if that's something that you want to help with. And if you can, we appreciate it. As a matter of fact, we'd like to give a quick shout out to our newest actual uh, Patreon subscriber. And that is Johnny G. Johnny G, who we just read an email from. That's right. I believe that's him. It's him. And uh, much appreciated, John, for joining up. He uh, joined us uh, right now as a spaceman tier. We appreciate that, Johnny. Uh, thank you. Uh, we hope that you'll enjoy being on the Patreon. You came on at the right time because Patreon members are helping us with the ARC album review crew episodes, uh, selecting one of our albums to do when it comes to their turn. And also they will be helping us and contributing to the KISS March Madness Tournament, which will be coming up shortly. And obviously, Mm -hmm. you know, that stuff is always a ton of fun. So all the Patreon subscribers, they will be part of it. So thank you for all our Patreon family. And if you are interested, you can find uh, information on the episode notes. You can go to patreon.com or you can find the app Patreon. P-A-T-R-E-O-N and then look for creators and you would punch in shout it out loud Cassie you'd find us take a look see if that interests you and uh, hopefully you'll come on board we know we really love having you guys absolutely you guys are the best Patreon guys we love you Johnny G uh, thank you so much we appreciate the Patreon support at the spaceman level and of course your great email that we just read um, you guys are the best. And like we said, there's there's a lot of fun stuff coming up. March Madness is right around the corner. Uh, you guys will be getting uh, hearing hearing from us soon about what your role will be. Uh, and of course, uh, the ARC participation is going to be coming up in a few months when we get back around to, uh, to that part. Uh, and you guys are the best. We just can't thank you enough. So thank you. And a special shout out to Johnny G this week. Yep. Tom, what's going on in Kiss World? All right, there's a couple big things, but the big thing that got everybody fired up, especially us two here and more specifically Zeus, is that the original Catman, Peter Chris, has been confirmed to appear at Creatures Fest. Wow. Okay, we're going. Uh, We already got our tickets. We got our hotel. Everything's booked and ready to rock. Um, So this is going to be pretty insane. You are going to have Peter, Ace, Vinny. Bruce, uh, you're also going to have our buddy Jericho. His quarantine ban is going to be it. This is going to be an absolutely insane kiss weekend, and we can't wait. And seeing Peter added was just mind blowing. More importantly, you will have shouted out loud cast there. That's also true. Yes, yes. exactly. Yes. Yep. Um, and then we got a couple of announcements for kiss being part of some festivals this year. Two of them are really awesome. One of them, I I'm not lying. I'm actually would love to go. Um, that is the aftershock festival in Sacramento, California, a first week in October, just for me personally, an unbelievable lineup. Kiss is one of the headliners on Friday. So that Friday headline, you got Judas priest, kiss lamb of God. Uh, but then you also got bands like Foo Fighters, shine down, hailstorm, um, Rob zombie, slipknot stone temple pilots, um, a band. I love Chevelle evanescence, just, all different kinds of genres, just an unbelievable four-day festival. 
Um, so if you're interested in that, you can check it out. The website is aftershockfestival.com. And then KISS was also just announced to be part of Download Festival, which takes place over in the UK. That's in June. Um, a lot of similar bands from the Aftershock Festival. KISS is going to be headlining in the Friday, June 10th. Um, you got a b- big mix of genres here. Uh, Saturday, you got Iron Maiden with the Deftones, Shinedown. Uh, Sunday, you got Corn, Volbeat. Um, then there's a second stage that's going to have Megadeth, Steel Panther, Mastodon, The Darkness. They're just tons of bands. These festivals are outrageous. So big news for Kiss being part of that. And then another thing that I saw today was that Ace Fraley is going to be performing at two separate festivals in Sweden. Those are at the end of July. He's going to be performing with uh, Wasp and the Struts at one of them. Uh, and then Wasp is actually going to be at both at both of them. Um, so any of our Swedish fans looking to see Ace will be uh, in your neck of the woods at the end of July. So check that out. You can get more of those details at waspnation.com for those two festivals. This is Ace Fraley. Fraley. Now, also, <laughs> uh oh, there was a picture going around of Ace with the, some friends oh. on the couch. He looks like the body from Weekend at Bernie's. Oh, like, my God. Like someone's holding him up that he's been dead for a corpse for four years. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's over. He's slumped to one side. His face, he, there's no facial expression. And he's got his sunglasses on. Oh, he, yeah. It's Weekend at, it's weekend at Fraley's. Hey, guys, <laughs> I'm just going to take a fucking nap. I've had too much fucking Cracker Jacks and pizza. That sugared soda, I told you I want mellow yellow zero. He needs to wake me up. I'm fucking crashing on the couch. <laughs> He's a fucking mess. <laughs> Total fucking Muppet. Oh. He is our own Keith Richards. The <laughs> fact that he's alive, God bless him, and I hope he continues to live and thrive and perform, but wow. Hey, this is Ice Fraley. <laughs> Oh, Paul had some inspirational fucking oh, bike ride tweets too. Go ahead. He? Good no. God. No, it's all right. You know, he had some close up facials for his bike bike ride. And his fucking stupid gloves. <laughs> loves the he loves the 10 speed biking. <sighs> God bless Paul. Such a Woo! rock star. Such a rock star. It's all good. We love them all. Anyway, uh, Tom, that's what's going on in Kiss World. And before we go further, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna see if Ace is awake on the couch, <laughs> so we can take off his boots and see some of those Ace socks. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. 
with Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. All right, so we're back. So Ace is still sleeping, but I was able to grab a little small slice out of the Paul Stanley pizza oven, so we're good to go. Yeah, Paul Stanley. <clears throat> Paul, Paul Stanley. Paul Stanley. Um, Tom, so uh, this week we have Hal Sparks, the comedian, on. Yep. And uh, I, you know, I follow him. He's he's a little political, but I like him. But you know what? And as he says, it doesn't matter. He, you know, he, everyone can have an opinion but treat everybody with respect. But more importantly, you know, over time, I found out what a huge Kiss fan he was. Mm-hmm. And I found a lot of his sayings and what he talks about and stuff. Fascinating. I love hearing about, you know, other people that are in the entertainment business and what the, and, and if they have a, like a, a passion for Kiss, I love hearing about it. Yep. To, uh, you know, us, we thought he'd be fascinating to have him on, have a nice discussion. And uh, like anybody we bring on, Tom, we're always pleasantly surprised. And uh, we could have talked for hours more. And uh, hopefully we'll have him on again and talk some more stuff. Uh, We did get into some stuff. We took some detours here and there. But we enjoyed it. And uh, we hope that you will, too. Yeah, absolutely. It was great. Yeah, and just before we hit hit play on the interview, just a quick disclaimer here so you guys aren't confused when you listen to the interview – uh, Hal pulled uh, a, a Paul Stanley special and kind of got a little confused talking about harder than hell and rock and roll over. So the conversation just was flowing. So we're, we're not going to start interrupting him and say, no, it's on this album. No, it's on that album. We knew what he was trying to say. And we're, you know, just so, cause we know the kiss tards out there are going to be like, Oh, I can't believe how did you not stop the interview right there and correct them? Yes. There is no mashup album of, strange ways i want you yeah and making love that yeah, yeah. But that's all good man but it, it happens to the best of us like we've heard paul stand this one's off rock and roll over it's called war machine <laughs> it happens we have we have the 2003 we have the uh rock the nation one where he's right. like this is off rock and roll over christine 16 <laughs> exactly. what yep. blasphemy yep. <laughs> but regardless let's get to this interview with hal sparks Stand-up comedian, actor, musician, the lead singer of Zero One, and the Van Halen tribute, Nerd Halen, coming right off of the Monsters of Rock cruise. And he also has infotainmentwars.com. That's that live stream that he does. Mm -hmm. And in addition, he's got a very popular YouTube channel. He's all over the place. You've seen him on all those 
VH1 specials. I love the 70s, 80s, 90s. Uh, all of those. He's on my daughter's favorite show growing up, Lab Rats. He's been on Queer as Folk and a plenty of other places. The one and only. We got a little surprise for you tonight. We're going to turn the microphone over to Hal Sparks. We got stand-up comedian, actor, musician, lead singer, Nerd Halen, Zero One. Um, what's the other one I wanted to say there? Infotainmentwars.com. Yeah. What is that called again? Infotainmentwars.com. Yeah. We don't need documents. <laughs> the one and only Hal Sparks joins us today. Hal, thank you for That's coming right. on. Hey, Hal, welcome, me. buddy. This is great. Yeah. Thank you for coming. Oh, my pleasure. Uh, as a lifelong KISS fan, hashtag KISS fan for life, it's a, it's a joy to be here. Thank you. We're gonna have yeah. we're gonna we're gonna have some fun here. We're gonna we like we like we said before we started going live here. We uh every, every one of our guests, Zeus gives you uh, gives you the Murph question treatment. Murph is my college roommate friend for life. He was our very very first guest. Mm-hmm. So we have gone from childhood friend guest to Hal Sparks guest. Yeah, so that's amazing. This is, this is pretty amazing. We're pretty it excited. Is. So I'm yeah, very impressed. Was- I'm very happy for you guys that you've reached this <laughs> pinnacle. Yeah, um, it's, I'm it's impressed. Ama- it's it's am- yeah. it's amazing. If you knew Murph, you would wonder why. You know why we're saying it's a big leap. So we no, like no, to tell. I, we- I know me, and that's enough. You know what I mean? Perfect. We like to tell the kids reach for reach for the stars. Your dreams can come true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, pretty simple. Now these questions could be answered with right now or growing up or forever. Your sure. favorite Kiss member, Paul Stanley. Yeah. All right. Mm, okay. Life favorite long. kiss song well that's tough that's right very now tough. growing right, up whatever uh, um uh, i would say i've had enough into the fire Ooh. has done more good for me in my life than almost any other song wow uh, off of animalize uh it was like right at the right point i was 14 years old about that time i just made the decision to move from kentucky to chicago uh to live with my dad even though i probably would have rather lived with my mom at the time but i needed to get out and try to you know see what life could bring me and it was a scary proposition and that was one of those songs that just Hmm. lyrically yeah i'm getting goosebumps thinking about it but literally was a driving force in me standing up and being myself and and uh, and feeling confident about my choices and my my sense of adventure. And it was you know it was one of those songs that like you know I packed up all my stuff in my car when I graduated high school, sixteen days after I graduated, and drove to L.A. to be a comedian and an actor. And you know everybody's telling you it's not going to work and you're going to be home in six weeks and that's mm. you know it won't work out. And that's one of those songs that's always been kind of a an arrow in my quiver um and in the confidence that i have in my own ability and stuff and i have paul to thank for that now there's a bunch of other songs that have meaning for me like um going blind and reason to live and strange ways um uh all hell's breaking loose um uh, exciter um Mm -hmm. you know there's there's certain songs especially the ones that are like really like i'm the shit kind of songs yeah i found really serviced me as a human being kept me kept my head above water when the whole world's telling you you can't you won't you'll never make it and that's that's one of the best gifts that kiss ever gave me because if it wasn't for those guys i'd probably be be pumping gas in kentucky right now wow wow so 
Yeah. yeah we, I call some of those songs the uh, water boy, you can do it. Those yeah. Kiss type songs, right? <laughs> that's right. And they're absolutely, you know, uh, that's absolutely true. And I mean, God of Thunder, um, you know, is one of the kind of early prototypes of those songs because it's all about ego and self mm-hmm. uh, aggrandizement which is, has value, again, when the world tells you you're crap all the time, which it will spend an inordinate amount of time doing. Um, but then, um, yeah, I mean, then you get into the whole, like, well, well I'll, there'll be a, a list of 100 songs by the time we're done. Well, I'm sure we'll discuss them. So <laughs> Yeah, yes, no, yes. that's fine. That's fine. So then you go to, what's your favorite album? That's, that's tough. Um, hmm. That's why we always give you the out with right now. You sure. Know, right now I'm in the mood sure. for this. Well, yeah. Um, right now I've been listening to Lick It Up a lot. The album nice. all the way yep. through. Good nice. choice. Yep. Um, and, um, but there, you know, there are periods of time where um, uh, Asylum, you know, you know, has, has carried some heavy weight over the years, surprisingly enough. Uh, and then I love Revenge. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Smart man. So you find yourself leaning towards the the non-makeup 80s, 90s stuff more, you'd say? Mm, not necessarily, no. I just okay. think as um, they're, depending on what I'm listening for. Gotcha. Like yeah. what, what, the, what I'm seeking in the music. Okay. Um, and I find like, like Hotter Than Hell, for example, like I Want You is one of the greatest songs ever. And it's, mm-hmm. and the fact that Paul wrote it as a joke, literally as a setup and punchline about like John Denver songs. Oh, the beginning you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. No, he's, he, uh, he meant that to be a, a, a screw you to the seventies singer songwriter. La di di die in the morning. I raise my head and yeah. I'm thinking of days. <laughs> you know, he's messing with those people. Yeah. It's yeah. not, it's not a legit lyric and there's something really gorgeous about that fact. And then da, 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 like, it's yeah. just like a big, this, you know, yep, and yep. I, and that you cannot devalue that in my life. And then again, that's got strange ways on. It's got going blind on it. It's got making love on it, which was a big crucial song in my upbringing too. You know, so that, that's a, you know, that's an anchor album for me as well. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you, what do you think the, the phrase dance all over your face means? <laughs> because I, I think Chris, uh, uh, when we had Jericho on, it took us a while to explain it to him. We had and to explain thinking, it to, we had to explain it to Chris. So he, yeah. I don't think he got it at first. When we and then he her. used it. And when, when he was, and I'm going to dance, dance. Right. All over your face. <laughs> right. Well, the, it's, it's really about uh, after you're broken up with someone and you're going to, you're out, uh, you know, getting some scattered ass around town and trying to find your bearing again, having makeup sex and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, that's what I'm, you know, that's what you're picturing on the dance floor or you're picturing while you're in bed or whatever. Like all of this is you're going to be aware that I'm out messing about. You're going to see that, uh, that I'm, I'm getting laid and I'm moving on. Yeah. So we think Gene's worse. We just think he's talking about jizzing on your face. That's (laughs) no, no, I, I, I think he means I, the whole thing, like, because if he wanted to say that, he would have come up with a more direct. That, you know, I, that's what I like. That's that's what we try to convince. We're everyone. convinced that's that he, that's what Gene means. That's the genius <laughs> right. of Gene sure. Simmons. Yeah, yeah, see, I, I I disagree. And I'll tell you why. 
because okay. um, there is a specific sexual aspect to a facial. <laughs> and here we go. It has to do with uh, with the lowering of the person sort of to low, it's not a, it's not a necessarily a negative especially if the woman is into it or interested of course it's not necessarily degrade you know but the idea is is that it's an it's an ego act about the lowering of another person as opposed to the raising of oneself and if you'll notice when gene and paul do their acrobatics going out you know as far as in the live show where does paul go where does gene go where's gene go on the stage show. to the right no he goes uh, when he's when he, oh, he goes uh, up when he's lifted oh, yeah, yeah, he goes up. yeah yeah he yeah, goes yeah. up into the rafters yeah. above everyone yes paul goes out into out. the crowd for a love gun excellent yeah. point that's that's ejaculating on someone's face <laughs> <laughs> yep that's a great uh, anyways, point like you don't that's get my breaking theory and down i'm sticking of, to it i like yeah. it i like it you get the breaking right. down of dance all over your face on this podcast hey uh, i'm glad to do it pick a yeah, song we'll no, go through it perfect. piece by piece uh how many kiss concerts would you say you've gone to uh well over let's see mm. well over 40 wow okay because what i've been the, to what, Every tour since I was ten years old. What's the most recent show you've seen? Have you seen I, them on the end of the on the end of the road tour? Oh yeah, I've seen okay. them twice. Okay, I yeah. saw them in uh, in Irvine uh, okay. at you know just recently, and then yep. I saw them uh, their last show before the second to last show before lockdown in okay. twenty twenty, before everything ground to a halt. Okay, nice, That's cool. Yeah. Now, favorite kiss memory of yours? Um. Well, I get, I have a, I, it's a pretty good one. Um, and I have a lot of good ones. Uh, 10 year old Hal dressed as Paul Stanley taken to his first kiss concert. Been a fan oh. since I was five years old. Never oh. been to a live concert in my life. That's awesome. Wearing uh, a bl- dyed black long johns with the chest cut out <laughs> with rhinestones around them. Oh, wow. All makeup. Um, do you have and, a photo uh, of that? Yeah, I do. Oh um, no! You need to post that. I have. I've. I've posted it before. I I've, I've, seen I've, it. I, yeah, I posted my picture oh, of, of me nice. dressed that way. Um, and my mom took me to the concert. We got tickets because the guy Kiss filmed all their shows. They were be- they were very uh, forward about that everywhere yep. they went. So in some states, you have to get a license to do it. Most states, especially yeah. back in the seventies and eighties, and in nineteen eighty when this would have been um, the, my dad was an architect working for the state in Kentucky. And so he would do he would refurbish old historic buildings. He, he's an expert in that. And so um, right across the hall from his office was uh, the film bureau of Kentucky, the, like the, the office, uh, the government office for the film office. And the guy who ran it was a hardcore Christian. And when kiss came, one of the ways that they would do it is get, they get the permit and of course, they were going to get the permit. The governor yeah. would, wasn't going to let this dude not allow them. And so uh, they just put the permit outside. The guy wouldn't even let their rep come into the office. He was an asshole about it. And at one point, <laughs> wow. this guy goes, hey, uh, Sparks, I know that that son of yours likes that devil music. They got they got a couple of tickets. If you want to have them, you can have them. Uh, wow. You know, just an asshole. And, yeah. and it, he, so my dad didn't go, but my mom took me. And my mom was hot. 
And so <laughs> when we were at Rupp Arena, okay. we had kind of government seats up or on, on the side, not on the floor, but not bad, right? Yeah. Like what would effectively be the orchestra box seats, mm-hmm. one level up in the in the stadium, two two levels down. And my mom was like, this is crappy seats. We can do better. And there were a couple of scattered seats down front in the rich area, you know, because it was Kentucky that, you know, at, even at that point, <laughs> you know, there were like two seats down there. And my mom was like, I can get us down. She was like a one of those macrame 70s halter top kind of things. And so she walked me down there, essentially, just right past the dudes. Like, hey. And uh, I was on Paul's side of the stage, dressed as him, uh, you know, 10 years old losing my mind at the show and paul at one point went like and it um there was a huge deal it was a huge deal for me as a kid and it was like oh there's a world like it was so huge it was almost shocking it was like there's a world outside this place and i felt like one of those kids that runs off and joins the circus yeah like that's what it was it was the runoff i'm gonna join the circus moment i'm just gonna hop on with these carnies and split and four years later, I basically did. Yeah. But then years later, I'm in uh, Florida doing stand-up. And I'm on the radio doing press. And the guy goes, we know you're a big Kiss fan. Paul Stanley's going to be our next guest. He's He's got a uh, an art show he's doing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, my God. And my ex-girlfriend from Queer as Folk, when I was living in Canada, had moved down to Florida. And she was there. And I was seeing her. And, uh, you know, and so uh, she, we were having, we had breakfast and we went to, she went with me to press and then we were going after. So we're, I'm walking out of the way. I'm like, oh, cool. Well, I'll listen. He goes, no, no, we mean he's here. He's coming in. And I went, oh shit. And I, <laughs> so I'm like, well, I'm not leaving. And I had to explain to her, I'm like, we're, we're waiting until he at least shows up. So I can at least say hi. And I'm like talking about him and I'm, you know, I'm just on the air. I'm talking about what a huge Kiss fan I am and why it matters, not just kind of the way that we're talking, not that yeah, it's, yeah. it's just this, oh yeah, they're my favorite band. It's goes beyond that, you know, yep, yep. to a near religious level experience and, mm-hmm. a, and a respect I have for Paul on a bunch of fronts. And just, you know, after they brought this up. And so I guess, you know, I always listen to a radio station when I'm on my way in to do press and maybe he had two, yeah. but I'm standing in the hallway, like, which way is he coming? Which is you know, the, and I hear behind me, hey, Hal. And I turn around and it's Paul. Oh, and and nice. it was the first words Paul and I had ever said to each other was him calling me by my first name. Wow. And then, you know, in an instant, I'm 10-year-old Hal, uh, you know, yeah. in that moment going, you know, this dude inspired me to f- not just follow my dreams or chase them, but to follow through with them, materially do the work show up act as if every show is madison square garden treat your audience like you respect them and you want you're proud that they're there and do every show that way don't phone anything in none of that and and because he's that way and because he put that in his music and in his interviews and everything i'd ever heard him talk about and fans it changed the direction of my life and so i i was i was very proud and happy to be able to say thank you to him in that first exchange and since then you know like at one point he like dm'd me on twitter to see if he could bring his kids to the lab rat set but we were on hiatus and i was like god (laughs) that would have been so badass but 
That's funny you say that, uh, Paul, because his kids were into wrestling. That's how Chris met him. Yes. And it's a funny thing. It's it's funny that the two of you, and we always have Chris on. We were talking about him a little bit before we started. It's like Paul is the favorite for both of yours. And the showmanship. And that kind of, you know, and both of you guys, Chris and you, and are, Mm -hmm. are not just, oh, I'm not, I'm an actor or I'm a stand up comedian. That's what I am. No. Yeah. I can play music. No, yep. I can, you know, write. I can do anything I, I want as long as I do it. Yeah, I can do whatever I want as long as I do it at quality. That's, yep. and and that's, exactly. that's what matters. That's, Paul. Yeah. that's right. 100%. And, and look, I have a, a tremendous amount of respect for Gene and his, you know, his drive over the years and his focus uh, on stuff, especially as keeping them afloat during certain periods as an image and the, the branding yeah, yeah. aspect of all that. It's very smart. It's great. And, and I grew up on the original lineup and I, you know, I loved the characters that were there and, and Ace's, you know, original playing, like his guitar work was just, uh, you know, a one and only in its own way, you know, and, but Paul is kissed to me on so many fronts. And if I have to make a tip out of this spear, it's going to be him always. Yep. Nice. So you, you just came off Monsters of Rock Cruise not long yeah. ago, which we saw some pictures. We saw some videos. Your band Nerd Halen, which is awesome. Right. You, were, you were performing with uh, some other guys. Saw some pictures of you and Kip Winger yes. uh, doing a lot of things on Crazy. stage. So we just came off last November. It was our very first time finally making it onto the Kiss Cruise for the oh, first time. Oh, I'm going this year. I'm going to the next one. That was my so we'll day. hang out and party there then. Buddy. That's my insist. That's my question, Hal. What's your what's your take on the Kiss Cruise? Have you ever been? Do you want to go? But you're saying you're going to go on the next one. I have never been available to do it. Okay. Every time it's come up, I've either had, you know, a reason why I've either been booked somewhere else or I've had a show. A lot of times when you film a television show, it's it's through the fall and the spring. Yeah. Yeah. And so anything that happens during that time, it and it would it would so shit the bed every time. You know, uh, even during Lab Rats, where I was like. Oh, I've got a couple of weeks off and it's the week before and the week after oh. I'm shooting the week of, and it was like, God, God, God. But yeah, we went, this- we went with a, we went with a bunch of our friends who have been on previous cruises and because of COVID and because of the restrictions, the boat was like half empty. Yes. Oh, so, 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 we loved you, it. <laughs> so we, we loved it. I mean, yeah, we had Bruce Kulik's band there. They absolutely blew the roof off it. Um, yeah, it, it was fantastic. And this, and you know, I'm sure you saw the announcement when they, when they announced the, the booking right. for the Kiss Cruise that this is the last time they will be performing on the, on the boat as a group. Exactly. That's Thank the, you. that's the Thank caveat. You. So, so that's now like everyone, a, so now everyone's wondering that's, what, yeah. what does that mean? It, it, it means uh, they'll either rotate through or they'll do like somebody's going to do an acoustic thing with like Paul will do stuff off his solo record, uh, you know, the acoustic soul stuff station. and Gene will perform with his. Yeah. Okay. The soul station thing. I don't know that the soul station thing will happen because that's a lot of people to bring on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I think yeah, more than point. likely it'll be him doing uh, like an acoustic set with his uh, solo, but, you know, with a little bit of backup Gene more than likely doing the band he does with Eric Singer when they do military bases and shit like that. Um, mm-hmm. they'll, they'll bring other people on as specialty things. They'll try and get Vinny or Ace to come out and do part of it. And it'll be a kiss experience instead of them. And then they'll all jam together on one song or something like that, which won't be the band performing, but it'll be a big event mm-hmm. or something, which makes total sense. to me. It's just like the end of the road tour is the beginning of the residencies. And yes. that's what it was intended Thank to you. be. 
And yeah. and um and I've always said Kiss is one of the few bands that could start um a live Cirque show. And this has been my plan along. And I, Gene, if you're listening, and I, you probably are. He's probably got my house bug. Um, it's my good idea. You know. Um, but yeah, that's a good Gene tongue for the people who can't see. It's pretty good. It's, yeah, that's it's really right, good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, you got to do some with the hair a little bit, and you, you could do right, or a little right. less with the hair. I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, you could, like cut it. Like he's got kind of a bob. I don't know. Anyways, it's a helmet. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but in the like the end of the road tour, like they could start a Cirque show where they're performing live, and the Cirque show goes on around them, and then slowly but surely remove themselves from the band if they want to retire, and they're still a performance band. They're just like the Beatles love. Just mm. like the Michael Jackson show where imposters or impersonators do the role in the show overall. And it goes from live to recorded, but the live band could do it for a good long while. Mm. Okay. And, I, and it would be a friggin' amazing. Can you imagine? Have you seen, I don't know if you've seen Beatles love. Um, I have not. Or, or any of those kind of shows. They're amazing. They're great. And uh, Ty Tabor from King's X uh, mm-hmm. like comes to yeah. Vegas every so often and sees it twice. Like yep. he just needs, he loves, he's such a Beatles fan that he comes and watches the love thing. And he's just, uh, man, I think it's the greatest show you've ever seen in your life. You know, back <laughs> then. he's great. And um, uh, <laughs> I think Kiss could do that in Vegas. A, a Cirque Kiss show mm. would, would kill. That's a unique idea. I like that. I like that idea. That's a unique idea. Cause we always yeah. ask everybody what they think about what's going to happen at the quote unquote end of the road. Like yeah. after they're done touring, you know? Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, it, like a, a classic, um, I mean, that's what bands used to do anyways. It's singers used to do. It's just it's yeah. what Elvis did. If it's good enough for Elvis, it's good enough for everybody else. Mm-hmm. If you don't right. want to tour. And basically, you know, Vegas, I live in Vegas right now. And Vegas is um, touring standing still. You, you, prefer, yeah. you know, instead of going everywhere in the country, you stand still and the country goes by on a conveyor belt in front of you. You're on the same stage every night. And when you've got a rig as big as, kiss does like there's a honest to god if kiss you two and uh, i don't know nickelback and uh who uh, who else foo fighters if they each took a casino and one of the big rigs there and they did four nights a week in the show peep rock fans from all over the world would bounce show to show they'd come and see they come in one weekend, they'd see all the, the band, one band, their favorite band four times. And then the next time they would come through, they would see each band or they'd see this band and this band twice. And mm-hmm. uh, again, and a fucking get, I'm just saying, because abs- uh, yeah. And you'd, you'd have all sorts of other stuff. It'd be a playground for it. And they wouldn't have to pack up a giant rig and bring it everywhere, you know, cause it would, and it would get better and better as a show because it wouldn't have to be portable. Right. No, you're right. You're Great right. Point. Um, so I had a question for you. Now I know you, so you were on Lab Rats, as my mm-hmm. daughter can't stop talking to me about. Um, you're on Queer as Folk. Have right. you ever, in any other program too, ever been able to sneak in a little view, a little kiss onto? Like I remember George Lopez on his show. Every once in a while, there'd be a little kiss thing or a little kiss comment about his love of kiss. Like, did you were you able to sneak anything in like that? um like your character not, likes kiss or something not reason. not on those shows no but i've i've worked that into my stand-up over the years a yeah. few times okay. and certainly on the i love this i was yeah, yeah, you I... know it was basically you know 
uh, me and Marilyn Manson and two other people were like the big like kiss boosters <laughs> that were yep. on those shows. Yep. Um, and so, but it, you know, honestly, it's been so in, uh, aligned with me as an individual because I, most people know, you know, I, like it, nobody's surprised to find out I'm a kiss fan. Like mm-hmm. I, I talk about it on my live stream show with some regularity. I have absolute and undying respect for the fact that these guys have been making music and playing together all this time. And I have zero room in my heart for people crapping on bands and other people's music tastes um, because it's none of my goddamn business. Mm-hmm. And to me, I, I maybe I, I certainly, because of how, you know, Kiss has been the butt of jokes over the years oh, yeah. uh, here and there, that I've maybe got a chip on my shoulder about that. But I'm proud of the fact that it actually made me more resiliently a fan and also more respectful of other people's music choices and stuff. Because as long as it brings you joy and lifts you up, I don't care. Mm-hmm. And I've often said, like, if you're, if you're depressed and you're, you know, your life feels, you feel down all the time, Get some new music, man, because whoever you're <laughs> listening to is selling you a bill of goods emotionally. Yep. And I, I'm lucky and, you know, as a Kiss fan, I've never felt that way. So I overall, um, I, instead of having that be part of shows I've been on character wise, and I wouldn't rule it out. I, yeah. We'll see if I can do that, because I, I do remember the, a huge turning point for me, too, when I was a kid was we didn't have a TV till I was 15, till I moved to Chicago. Yeah, and um, with, uh, and the only time I would watch TV is at my neighbor's house, which is about a mile and a half away. I'd have to hike over there to watch the Hulk and Wonder Woman, and then uh, and Wonder then at my Woman. grandmother's Ooh. house, uh, yeah, at my grandmother's house in uh, Cincinnati, where I was born, but we were raised. You know, that's, uh, that was just the nearest hospital without chickens. Gotcha. We lived in Kentucky, <laughs> and um, in <laughs> and at my grandmother's house, she would watch TV, and she watched uh, WKRP yeah. in Cincinnati came on. And when Randy Travis came in, in the very first episode, took over an AM talk radio station and turned it back into a music station, and he rolls down the Kiss by oh, Centennial yes, poster. Yes. I was like, this is my show. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. This is now my favorite television show. As a kid, I was like, that's it. I, I yep. love this show. Sight unseen. And I, I've always been proud of that choice ever since. That's awesome. So I will do that at some point. I, I think nice. I have to. My goal is on one of the next uh, series that I do over the course of my life, and there will be many, um, is that I I do a scene where I roll down a kiss poster. <laughs> <laughs> nice. You move yeah. into a new apartment, just so happen to have a kiss poster. That's right. Up. Absolutely. Yep. Just to yep. make that that distinction, of course. So you talked about earlier about you've been listening to Lick It Up lately. Yeah. Okay. So here's a question. It, 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 we, we, we like to, like, you hear a lot of people talking about this. It's a very simple question, but a lot of okay. people don't know how to answer it. Okay. We talk about the era from 78 to 82. Okay. That really right. weird era where, you know, you had Ace leaving the band, Peter leaving the band, you know, sure. they were doing Dynasty, The Elder, Unmasked, yeah. all that stuff. Lick It Up comes in and it kind of gets them back, you know, with, you know, well, Creatures of the Night, that that yeah. was first, okay? They kind of got their rock back, okay? Yep. People like to ask this simple question. Did Vinnie Vincent save Kiss? No, Eric Carr did. Okay. Yeah. Tell, talk, talk about that. Eric, Eric Carr brought metal rock drums on the level of like old Zeppelin to Kiss. Okay. And for a long time, what held Kiss back a little bit 
was Peter's drumming. While on the one hand, it was it worked for certain things. His light playing mm-hmm. was in the what from a recording standpoint, why they never made any ground until alive. Okay. And and uh and then after that, there was a sort of paper drum period where you're not going unless the drums are whack, you're yeah. not gonna have the guitars equal to it so whatever you're doing guitar wise riff wise all that stuff is going to dial down to kick and snare it's always going to be how do we boost the kick and snare well when you know when when peter's playing overhanded like the way he would do sometimes yep in studio especially what you're getting is accents even though they're there is never going to be the punch yeah that's required for even some of those riffs and until that was an option, Paul, Gene, uh, uh, you know, as far as riff writing, and then even bringing Benny in as the co-writer that Gene did on some songs, that wouldn't have worked oh, without Eric not. Carr. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. could not lay those riffs. There was no version of, uh, you know, of All Hell's Breaking Loose or War Machine with Peter's drumming. Yeah. And even and yeah. even before that, even on the elder, where Eric his first real like proper, the elder takes a beating. But if you listen to a song like the Oath, yeah, like Peter's not doing the that was the first sign that there was something different happening with this band. And we've, right. we've 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 reviewed the elder, and it's too bad that that the, that album is filled with a lot of. I w- love that record. They, yeah, Zeus, I, I, Zeus I, was going to ask you about that, so I love the elder, and okay. I like both uh, under the rose. Yep, is another one of those songs for me that will you know bring me out of a funk. Yep. And it's so and and again, you needed something like they were trying to find something that would shake the etch a sketch mm. that they were stuck in, mm-hmm. trying to move away from Ace and Peter and the and and the emotional mix up of being in that. Because I've been in casts before where the world perception is, is that everybody's best buddies and internally it's a shit show <laughs> and it's painful and everybody wants you to like and enjoy working with a certain person or persons. And you know that they are the worst human being you could possibly be around for your own creativity or emotional safety. Fucking so, Disney people, huh? Yeah, well, <laughs> this predates the Disney folks. Um, because honestly, the being on a, a kid's show doing comedy is uh, is a joy, you know, top to tail. Well, I can imagine going from queer as folk to a Disney show where all the drama you had in the acting right. was a serious drama. Yeah, well, that's what I mean, there's a reason, there's a reason why I won't do a dramatic series ever again based uh, a relationship based series again. I won't do really? it, really. I'll mm-hmm. do a movie about that kind of stuff. But I'm not doing a series like I believe me, everybody on This Is Us is getting cancer right now. (laughs) They're making cancer in their body doing that shit. That's depressing shit. Yeah, it's terrible. It's it's so bad. It's so bad. It's It's terrible for you. It's it's it is is effectively emotional torture. And it gets worse all the time because it must be more drama. So 
let's say you're in this situation where it's supposed to be happy. Imagine being in a sitcom where people are that miserable. <laughs> Meredith Baxter, Bernie, and Family Ties, right? Oh, she's just, that's right. Uh, right? She <laughs> just hates the fact that Michael J. Fox is the star, and he goes off to do fucking Back to the Future, and this son of a bitch ruined my... You know, where, and it's just a, a grind. And here you are, this young... I'm like, this is my show! And everybody's, <laughs> yeah. you know, the woman playing your mom is like, you son of a bitch. You know, like... <laughs> That, that's got to suck. When you're in a rock band where you're trying to be like this positive force and then two of the guys, when one's had his foot out the door since uh, you saved his ass on his, um, uh, his ballad he was going to name Beck. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right? Yep. Big Peter Chris fan you sound like, Hal. Uh, well, no, I, <laughs> I, I, I liked him beforehand, but I don't, I, I don't like that whole like I'm Miserable I don't fuck. need yeah I don't need you bastards anymore bullshit when you yeah. absolutely did knock it off yeah and, that's, and that's you know true. Gene I'm sure has more of a chip you know than Paul does and they go through them but like I I recognize the emotional response both of them have to Ace and Peter I oh, yeah. I've seen it in myself I've seen it in other people I've seen it in pairings that have occurred in shows and the like where people don't have chemistry and are forced to have chemistry and then they do for a time and then they can't escape that chemistry it's messed up it's a hard thing to carry yeah we and talk about that a lot with paul like oh why don't when are they gonna do the reunion reunion this and this and that we're like paul is like i don't give a fuck if you tell me ace can keep up with this shit i'm not dealing with looking yeah. over is he sober yes is he gonna pick up is he late right. is that when i could just look over at tommy and it's and not he, even a thought in my head he's on nope. time he knows the songs he'll perform great i don't give a shit that yeah. you know Right. Some idiots are like, oh, fake ace. Yeah, right. <laughs> What's the yeah. other one? And it's, and it's, and by the way, um, it's, you know, it's about the feeling whether you're there having a good time making the music. This is the essence of this very music. Yeah. So uh, having a miserable bastard grunting his way through it is antithetical. That's the fake ace. Yeah. In, in a lot of ways. It's a good point. It just yep. Just because you're there and you were the guy originally doesn't mean you're still the guy in that regard. Um, also, I, I also think that uh, it's the, I I went to the reunion tour, you know, many of them yeah, and I went to, you know, I saw them at, at, uh, Dodger stadium when on Halloween, when, uh, when smashing pumpkins open for them dressed as the Beatles, like it was a fucking weird show. (laughs) And, uh, and I, I mean, I, I love the idea, but I saw them when they were in makeup as my first show, real band, original lineup. Yep. Um, and then afterwards you know through the years uh, you know i the only i don't know that i saw i don't know i didn't see them with Vinny. i never saw a show with him okay um because he while they were on that tour he got booted and then the makeup came <laughs> off and then whatever it's just like weird you know this mix of stuff yep. um but in the process no i did i no i take it back i did see them yeah i did see the i i saw creatures tour and it was him. He was in yeah. the honk. Yeah, yeah and that's when Paul was like eight, tearing eight. his hair out because he's like, dude, get off the fucking stage. Enough with your soloing shit. Yes. I don't give a shit what good of a songwriter you are. If I'm performing with you and you're pulling this shit, I'm not yeah. dealing with it. Right, right. Beat it. It's not a you didn't build this. Stop acting like you did. Do your job and contribute to what you're actually in, not the band you think it should be. Mm-hmm. If you think it should be another band, here's a good idea. Do what Kip Winger 
and and Morgenstein and and uh, and Paul. Um, I bet what's the guy's the last name? guys. Yeah, they they all went off and formed winger. Do what yep. Slaughter did after yeah. they kicked Vinny to the curb. <laughs> oh, well, we always laugh about that. Vinny Vincent's the only guy to get kicked out of his own band. Yes, like. I, <laughs> So, and, and they were on the, they were on the monsters tour. I talked to Dana Strom a little bit. Yep, it was fun. Yep. But nice. um, anyways, I, so I love the early a stuff. I love the, the, uh, his original solo record. I love, mm-hmm. I love Fraley's comet for that matter. I love the first record rock soldiers and all that stuff it was super fun. Yep. But I personally believe, and I'm right about this. So if anybody disagrees, the hell with you. Um, that the reunion is what wrecked Paul's voice. Oh, because interesting. Was, okay. During during the eighties, Paul went from being a a barking s- singer along the lines of like baritone David Lee Roth type stuff to a legit vocal force, mm-hmm. all the way up to forever. I mean, the peak of his vocal power is forever. Mm-hmm. And he was right about that time. They're killing it. You know, he's he really is holding it together. Even live, he's doing some beautiful stuff. Mm-hmm. And then they go back and start doing the reunion tours, doing all the original tracks. And because of everybody else and not wanting to change guitars every goddamn song, they start down tuning and chasing the bottom mm-hmm. vocally. And it's why Gene even, you know, could still sing today, but in a lot of ways it's down tuned so much that he's, he's croaking a lot of the notes because they're so far down on his vocal cords that they're uh, they're below the note point. They're just flapping at this. This point. is going way over my head. I trust you on this. I'm not okay. So your your vocal cords. Uh, imagine these are your vocal cords, right? And you tighten them up, and up near the top is where the high notes are, and the low notes are when it's wide open. All right. When you're singing high notes, your vocal cords are very close together, and they don't split much, and they don't use a lot of air. Um, ask Sebastian Bach, who always talks like this. You ever watch Sebastian Bach? Dude, he's always talking like this. Okay, it's one, to, that's because he's protecting his vocal cords when he's talking, because when you talk down in your voice like this, your vocal cords split apart and they wag a lot. They soften and they are more susceptible to air and damage. Mm. So lower notes over a while, you become what they call a golden voice when it's the lower stuff. Elvis was this way. And you lose your top notes. Yep. You, you will lose your, your high notes. And that's why golden voices, they don't have high notes. None all of the country do. singers. That's right. Doing they all, that's right. They all, and they, they sound very leathery and they have mm-hmm. a nice quality to their voice, but they can't ever bring them back together because they're effectively damaged. Yeah. And if you try, you'll get nodes because you'll bang them together. All right. Well, Paul was over time tightening his vocal cords up and making them more resilient and stronger. And then they went back to singing these songs where his old vocal technique was shitty in the 70s. And he just did the show. You just do what you do. And it, it because they lowered the key, it moves it from a place in your vocal cords that's high up here where you need very little air to a lower part of your vocal cords and your vocal cords widen out where you need a lot of air. So you're throwing night after night you're throwing gravel and stomach acid and all kinds of stuff through your throat when you sing like that. And it, you get a break. You'll get a break in your vocal cords. Wow. And that's what's happened. And that's why he's chasing it all the time. Now, I wish he would talk less during shows. And oh, if Gene... We say that all the time. Yeah. Gene, he doesn't have to do it. No. Um, and as Let a matter Gene of... Let Gene do a couple songs. Do an ace song here and there. Throw a Peter song. And, and just hit the ones that you hit. 
that really like, do I need to hear Paul do say, yeah, right now on the end of the road. Right. And you don't need, and you don't need him setting up every song. Exactly. And, and the fact Gene has been able to sort of protect his voice over the years for what little he does because he doesn't do any talking during the live show. Yeah. He does like three things and he's done. So, um, which is a shame because, you know, if you look at like, um, you know, even radioactive or any of the songs off his solo. I mean, he had some notes back in the day. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yep. yeah. He's got not a for the innocent. Voices. Right. He can go for the high notes and stuff, but he just doesn't anymore because Paul's been carrying this weight for a long time. But the old songs, what happens is you build your song. Like, okay, my new songs are written in a good key for me. They're great for my voice. They hold it together. They're high notes. They're they're great. If you took Steve Perry of Journey and made him sing a bunch of New York Dolls songs, he'd never be able to sing again. Wow. Because he yep. would he would basically be throwing gravel and acid through his throat every goddamn night for years. And wow. so in a lot of ways, Paul, you know, I was joking, Paul needs a year off. And then COVID happened. And I'm like, good. <laughs> we said the same thing. Shut up. Don't say anything. Don't talk to anybody. You know, even, and when you do talk, talk in the high part of your throat as much as you can all the time. Nobody cares. Nobody will mind. Yeah. Well, we had the issue with the fact is like, so you're having obviously issues. There's accusations that you're lip singing, whatever, backing tracks and all that stuff. And then in the middle of this, you want to do Motown? Whoa. I'm like, whoa, that's fuck. But then he, when he talks about it, he explains it all the time by saying, I'm using a different voice. Yeah. I can do this. And yeah. people are like, there's no way you're fucking hitting Smokey Robinson when you can't hit fucking uh, but you can. right and, off and the love. You, no, I'll tell you why. Because <clears throat> it is a different part, part in your voice. It's a lighter, breathier thing. Yeah. And it's, it, and it's a gear in your throat that may be above or below his break. And as long as he stays above or below his break without crossing over the break, there's, it'll sound smooth. Yeah. Now, the way the Golden Voices did it was they had a break and they never went above it. He can't do that because of the songs that they've made over the years. Yeah, which is why you can't do certain songs on the set list now, because the ones that we throw out, he can't he can't do it. It it would be a disaster. Well, he, he could if he had more than likely if he had vocal surgery and it was successful and then he took time off and he healed up and then he trained for it. Um, the question is, you, do you want to be Julie Andrews where they fuck up and cut your vocal cords? You can't do anything anymore. So that's the nervy part. Or do you just swing for the fences, make enough money to pay for your kids to never, ever, ever have to work and their kids to never, ever, ever have to work. And you're just throwing yourself, you're sacrificing yourself and your ability to even speak in your later life so that they, you know, every, you know, you, you haven't left any money on the table that's there and you've entertained as many people and you've guaranteed this legacy for a time. And that's what he's doing. And I respect that because he's selling, he's selling ripped up carpet from his house and (laughs) and kiss cards are buying it. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's funny when you, he he makes enough money as it is. It's funny when you talk about his voice, first of all, that, that, that theory, which after you explain it is unbelievably amazing to talk, to think that he blew his voice during the reunion. I never heard that, but your explanation is perfect. And another thing at the timing, and another thing that Zeus and I noticed, so we've seen Kiss a bunch of times on the end of the road tour. Some of the shows were f- terrific. Some of them were eh. Mm-hmm. But on the Kiss cruise, they do an indoor show in a tiny, tiny, like 1,000, 1,500-seat arena. Yeah. You're, the band's right in front of you. 
Paul sounded fucking fantastic because right. he didn't have to do what you said and throw that voice, you know, 20,000 people deep. It was, a, we, we kept oh. looking at each other. I said it was one of the best performances. And, yeah, the banter, the banter was, Hey Gene, I think Gene forgot a couple lines from this. Yeah. When they tried to do a couple, uh, yep. what, what was the song he forgot? Um, uh, she's so European. Yeah. And he's oh, like wow. joking about it, but he's not screaming it. Hey people. Yeah. There was ah! none of that. He's yep. just doing like joking with Gene right next to him. We could all hear him. Dude, every every lead singer will tell you it's the talking that fucks you up. That's mm-hmm. why that's why everybody thinks that uh, lead singers in bands are shy and all this kind of stuff. Because after the band comes off stage, the the guitar player can yap it up all he fucking wants. But the lead singer's got to watch his throat. That's why like everybody thinks, you know, Jeff Tate's mysterious because <laughs> you can't <laughs> sing like that and talk to anybody. Right, right. That's a good point. You can't yeah. do it. Yep. And um, and by the way, he was on the Monsters of Rock and sounded fantastic. Mm. So um, and and they're they're down tuned to touch like half a step, yep. but not a full step like you see done, which would mess him up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I you know, I learned my lesson the hard way. I was never a trained singer. And I was a belter, you know, for a long time. And I have a certain amount of vocal natural talent. Like my vocal cords are resilient and strong and I've been talking my whole life. So they're, I'm able to do more with them than most people. And as a comedian, when you're impersonating people all the time or you're doing characters or you're, you know, mixing volumes in front of crowds to make yeah. a joke carry or stuff, you have a lot more, you, you need to have more quivers in your, more arrows in your quiver than most people sure. who perform, right? So- I, I've learned the hard way when with my band with Zero One, when I lost my voice like three times, like I can't even speak, much less sing. This is scaring me. So I had to go back to like square one and go, okay, how do I do what I want to do and still sound full and not just fall back into this like sound like the Bee Gees on stage <laughs> and then let it all out in the studio, yep. you know, and, which a lot of people do. And so I had to, you know, I had to rebuild from scratch and go, okay, how, you know, what is, what is, what would a pro do in this situation? And in learning what that means, one of the biggest moments I had was first of all, this recognition that, that Sebastian Bach always talks like this for a reason, but also how, how much air it took to make a high note, which is this. That's it. Any more air is too much. And so when I see people going, ah, you know, you're like, okay, (laughs) you're 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 sawing your throat to pieces right now and all the heat from your voice should come from your mouth and the back of your throat not your vocal cords and so uh once i started figuring out how to do that and like i said i've been doing characters my whole life so you know it's and watching like i sing i can do cinderella and old acdc like uh brian johnson back in black full voiced to this day pretty easily that seems like hard though. It's that, it, like, it is if you down tune. This is yep. the thing. I I've done this at, at the Ultimate Jam Night and a couple other things, and I've done it with Steel Panther. If you down tune that at all, if you don't do the original tuning, it will throttle you. It will, it's like taking a cheese grater to your vocal cords. It's Oof. terrible. Yep. And that that was an important lesson. If you do it in the original key, it fits. There's a gear for it in your voice, like Paul was talking about. But if you lower it a little bit, it's in the wrong spot and you'll grind yourself to nothing. And that's why Brian Johnson, that's the version of the thing where you can 
where he squeezes back in there because that's the cheater version of it. And it's it, he can't do the back in black. I hit the sack. I'm better now. I'm bad. That's a full voice. Like I can yep. do that without warm up. I can do it for an hour. And as long as you don't overdo it with as much how much air you're doing, you're pushing through, you're fine. Yeah. But what'll happen is the harder it gets, if you're a little tired one night, you're a little worn out, worse, you've eaten something bad that's going back up on you. That's where acid reflux messes yeah, with yeah, most yeah. singers. You'll get into the, bah, 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 hey, hey, you know, and then you're done. And then three shows later, you can't speak. What do you find is harder to hit for yourself if you're singing? Now, you do Van Halen songs. You do mm-hmm. Kiss songs. Have you done any uh, uh, do Sebastian Bach? I've heard you do some Sebastian Bach. Yeah. Um, we just did Slave to the Grind. Oh, As an so album review crew outside episode. my window, there's a whole lot of trouble coming. The cops and killers and the rag cover clones. That whole thing, yeah. Nice. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like that whole like note at the top, yeah. so good. That um, comes out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I um I will use because his his voice, he's a real like a master class in heat which is what you call that kind of garbled ah! on top of the note mm-hmm. versus a clean note you know and um if i'm t- if my voice is wrecked or a little tired i tune up to um stuff off uh, to in a darkened room or with, all right let's uh, hear it in, oh, yeah in a darkened room beyond the reach of god's face lies the wounded the shattered remains of love betrayed nice. and the innocence like there right so um nice th- yeah that if i if i need to get back to the clean version of my throat it's him and a guy named john cowan from newgrass revival i don't know him. the bluegrass band um and his voice is bell tone pure mm-hmm. so i'll do that now when it comes to uh kiss interestingly enough my natural singing voice sounds more like Gene at his best than Paul at his best. So when I try to sing Paul songs that are really high, I have to find other ways of singing the notes. And they're closer to what Todd Kearns does. Mm-hmm. And if it, Todd's those amazing. Guys, yeah, Todd's a great guy. He, he's become a friend um, over he's the years. He's the closest thing I've seen to channeling Paul yes. in Kiss. He was amazing on the Kiss him, Cruise. When yep. we saw me and Tommy so saw him on the cruise and the songs they were throwing out, me and him are like looking at each other like little children. Like oh, we're yeah. never gonna hear Kiss play these songs. This was the closest thing. Him yes. and Zach, they fucking killed it. Yes, killed it. agreed. Yeah. Yep. And and Todd, you know, I was introduced to Todd because of a kiss related uh aspect of his performance. His brother is a huge Ace Fraley fan. Okay. And they're both KISS fans, obviously, but they have a band called Static and Stereo. And I don't know if you know this album or this version of things. Well, Todd Kearns and his brother had a band together in Canada called Static and Stereo. And they had a hit on the radio when I first moved up there to do Queer as Folk um, called Before My Time. Um, And his voice is so great. I won't go before my time. My day has arrived. It's so great. It's just a fucking such a, and it's very kiss, you know, kind of 
positive uh, in in that way. And you know, and the solo on it, I was like, that sounds familiar. And it and his brother was copying Ace Licks from the first three albums <laughs> nice. all over the place. And on the back of that record, on the CD, which I bought as soon as I could get my hands on it. He said, uh, thanks to Ace Fraley and all the gods, um, like that his brother was thanking them. And there's, um, he even does like the fade out on Love Gun on the end of one of the songs oh, nice. on the record, you know? Yep. And, and so I was like, all right, I like these guys. I just like them, you know? And so whatever, whatever they're doing, I'm in. They're, they're good people, right? Yep. And so I, I had a, a Canadian fan who was like, oh, you don't know? He's, he was in a band, band called Age of Electric. They, mm-hmm. they're big in canada and i was like oh that's cool and she mailed me a stack of cds <laughs> like here's this whole catalog it's like eight cds and i freaking love that stuff and and i so awesome. i've loved todd for a long time and i you know canada rocks just saying yep. and seeing a live show in canada is a joy because they're not as uh as sort of nihilistic and cool as we can be as audiences so people <laughs> can just have a good time yeah <laughs> And so I'm, you know, I became a big Danko Jones fan. Oh yeah, um, yeah, and uh, and and then of course Nickelback as well. While I was up there, and I I just enjoyed seeing live shows up there, and I mm-hmm. and became a big Todd Kearns fan. And then all of a sudden he's playing the Kiss Cruise and doing all this stuff. I'm like, that's nuts. Yep. So it's uh, it's beautiful. So every time I would see a clip, I'm like, that's my dude. Yep. And, and we had him on a couple months ago, and we were like, Kiss 2.0, would you yeah. take it? And he's like. I'd be honored, but I don't think that's happening. I'm like, right. I think he'd have to curl his hair, but he could do it. <laughs> yeah. I think he would make a great Paul because yes. he does. He's not, it's not like, uh, like just copying him every so he's got his own little aura and it yes. works. He, yeah. he carries that Paul kind of stuff. Yeah. Todd's him, a rock star. He's great. Different. Oh yeah. Um, he plays, there's a song called Ariana incomplete that I really love off the static and stereo record. And there, and like, if he knows I'm in the audience, sometimes he'll play it. Oh, they'll, that's play, awesome. they'll add it to the set. It's pretty cool. I'm sure he tells that to everybody, but, um, <laughs> but, um, the, that whole record, I recommend it for people go look it up static hmm. and stereo. It's, a, you know, with Todd Kearns and his brother and a couple other dudes. And it's, uh, nice. if you're a kiss, if you're a kiss fan, you'll enjoy the record. That's you really will. I'm sure. I'm sure. Right. Tom. Yeah. Uh, so Hal, we can't thank you enough for the time that you've given us so far. I'm going to finish up with one kind of simple kiss question because mm-hmm. I, we, Zeus there and I none. love, we love <laughs> to talk. We love to talk about the solo albums, yeah. the 78 solo albums and Zeus and I all, we, yeah. a long time ago. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. We always get into the we always get into this with our listeners on social media, Twitter and oh, Facebook. I know what he's gonna because say because Zeus and I are in the Paul Stanley camp. We love that album. Yep. But then with then we have what we have called the Ace Cult. Sure. With with where they can't it's it's the Ace Freely solo album, and then everything else, you know, is either garbage or mediocre. Yeah. Right. Where do you stand on the solo album, including uh, Peter's album, Gene's album, all of them? What's your yeah, thought on the solo okay. albums? Uh, for me, it's Paul, Ace, Gene, and then Peter's just falls off a cliff. I'm sorry. <laughs> no! oh, I mean, I like it. I like it, but I'm I'm not into boogie woogie per se. I, okay. It doesn't. It says nothing about the quality of the of the experiment for him. It's just not my kind of music. You know what I mean? Okay. If he put if the he put out a legit bluegrass album, I could respect the content of it without being 
caught up in it. You know what I mean? Okay. Same thing. That said, um, Paul's was a kiss record. Definitely. Aces was this was a close second. Gene's was a great experiment in the character mm-hmm. that he plays. It was a yeah. broadening of what was possible, which it was necessary because he was more than any other character, he was getting narrow cast. Right. Now Aces yes. had that problem in that it, that everything has to say space in it at some point almost. <laughs> and it's become like a like his own little sci-fi series yep. on the side. Yep. But um I like yeah, the Paul album, I mean, just goodbye alone. Yeah. Mm, love it. Um, is such a like a beautiful and powerful song in a way that there there is no emotion to any of the ace songs. Oh god, no. None. I mean, it's no. great. They're fun songs and I enjoy them. And um like I, in need of love is probably the closest that he gets to actually emoting vocally on the Is that record. what he's doing on that song? I don't yeah. know what the I'm hell he's doing. I'm in need of love. But that whole, like, <laughs> I want some love, so give me some. <laughs> like, it's, he's, he's you know, it's like out of your minds on, on out of your mind on drugs, but at the same time, <laughs> exactly mean, meaning what you say, and that's fine. Yeah. The Gene songs are well-performed and enjoyable, and the most emotional song on there is, is, uh, is clearly uh, when you wish upon a star. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yep. But all of Paul's songs contain genuine rock singing emotion. Oh all yeah. Of them. The whole record. Take me away together as one. Oh and my Tonight God. you belong to me are unbelievable. Yes. Ag- agreed. Yes, yeah. I agree. Yep. On a scale that the other guys can't even touch. Yep. And like I said, I love like rip it out and those things. They're great rock songs. Yes. However. There's a category where I'm like, as much as I'm used to hearing them the ace way, I almost wonder what it would be like if somebody else had done them in the same way that Peter took strange ways. And if ace had sung it, it would have been kind of dead in the water. Mm. Um, And cold gin, same thing. Like Mm -hmm. cold gin's an ace song, but Gene doing it gave it some depth that it wouldn't have had otherwise. Mm. And that's been a problem with aces singing forever. Now you, if you look at him, he was the Joe Walsh of Kiss in a lot of ways. The same vocal I, tonality. Yeah, I do those right? impressions too. Joe Walsh and Ace, that voice is not too far from each other. It's That's a right. little fucked up if you know what That's I mean. That's right. You got to find the same spot. Yeah. Hey, Carly. <laughs> um, but that's, you know, um, in the city. Right, right. <laughs> Um, but it, there, you, and you can tell that that's where Ace kind of cut his teeth and why, where his value was in the band. It was like, okay, the Eagles are killing it. And you kind of sound a bit like Joe and you're the guitar player. This is not a bad fit overall yeah. from a, from a gene marketing standpoint makes a lot of sense. That said, you know, as much as I love those songs, there's a lack of emotionality to them that just makes them guitar songs. Still, they might as well be instrumentals. Totally. That's a great point. Yeah. Torpedo girl doesn't really move you emotionally. Right. Is that yeah. what you're saying? <laughs> um, yeah. Not as much as talk to me anyways. <laughs> oh God. Cause I Come just on. need a little conversation, man. Yeah. I love on Come I on. Is- I do too. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Um, oh, Zeus no. hates it. Shandy. Um, oh, that's that Zeus's all-time worst song. Kiss song. Is that you? Love it. No, great album. You're, you're all that I want by Gene. The sentimental. Where did that fucking come from? 1980 Gene song. I I love that. When I listen to that on the box, Naked set, City's the, got some great stuff. You know. Yep, that um, too. In the Naked 
city. They did a great no, job on the Kiss stories. Yeah. So when are you going to do? You're going to do a Kiss show here. You're, na- you're like nailing all these songs. Here. I know. Yeah. Come well, on, I, my goal is, you know, I was like, at some point while my hair's long, I should do a a, a Kiss biopic where I play all of them. <laughs> I don't. We said we said this before. Like age play. You like got the cl- you got the split down the middle there, like Ace's solo album. Yeah, cover. that's right. Yeah, it's it's right. perfect. It's, yeah. I think you could pull it off. One yeah. minute. Shut the fuck up. That's all yeah, you do right. for Peter. Fuck That's all you got to do for Peter. Fuck, fuck you, asshole. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, yeah, so I, um, and, and Gene's record, um, like, I love the kind of, like, soul and Beatles aspect that he brought in. The irony that Paul's doing Soul Station, when in a lot of ways, like, that's what Gene's solo record started leaning to more than Paul's did. And as much as he's got a Beatles background, he was yeah. very far away from it in that. It was much oh, more yeah. like, because he was fucking Donna Summer or, or uh, Diana Ross. Donna, Diana, Diana Ross, Ross, Donna Summer. Both. All and of them. Cher. Cher. Cher right. And they all sang all. back up on the record. Right. Yep. Yep. Um, and you know, Peg I, Bundy. I would argue that one of the best things that came out of the solo records for Ace was Anton Fig. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Because his partnership with Anton Fig and, and uh, on the, you know, because one of the interesting things about the guitar player doing his own band and giving enormous drum solos, yes. not to Peter, but to the next drummer. Let me, let me explain something to you folks. This that's that's kind of a fuck you. <laughs> yeah. As much as they were supposed to be, you know, Team Peter and Ace and Team yeah, that didn't Paul work out James. too well. No, and 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 Ace basically found his wings with a different drummer the same way Gene and Paul did. Great point. And it's not a, it's not a coincidence that and Peter's my favorite. So for all you know purpose, I'm just putting it out there. Peter's my favorite, but it's not a coincidence that Peter could never find another band that could make one album. Right? When he tried a few different bands. He nobody could stand because he's just he's a pain. He, he rubs people the wrong way. He's yeah, just yeah. a constant yeah. complainer, whiner, right? Bitching all the time. I love him. He's my favorite guy, but I know what he's like. And yeah, I know man, yeah. Paul in his life now is like, I don't need that fuck shit. that. I'm right. not dealing with this shit. I make That's enough right. money. I don't need to listen to that and have his wife come over to me, give me his demands. He's probably like, I'm not ever dealing with that again. And Eric's such a mensch and Eric Carr was such a good dude. Arguably, yeah. you know, in my lifetime, you know, Eric Carr was the kiss drummer I knew best. Mm. Um, yeah. Because they made the most albums with him. Yep. And Eric Singer's played a lot of those songs. And and then the Peter songs were totally different when played by Carr or Singer. Oh, yeah. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. You know, and, um, and Eric, like, I just remember when Eric Carr was introduced to the band and I was young, and so I was like, I don't know, like eleven years old, some shit like that. And I was just gonna you know, grow up as a Kiss fan. And then all of a sudden, who's this dude dressed as a fox? I was like, oh no. And then I heard Creatures, and I was like, oh yeah, this guy's <laughs> fucking amazing. Who is this dude? Exactly. Right? Yep. And 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 just you know, I love it loud was the in many ways, the intro of Eric Carr to the world of Kiss music. And was mm. had he been a decade uh, older, Eric Carr, and been the guy, I, are, I would argue 
the first three Kiss records would have sounded more Zeppelin-y in their song quality, in their recording yeah, oh, quality. I believe that as well. Good point. I don't and, know if they'd be better, but they would definitely be they would harder sound rock better. Zeppelin. And they, yeah. would have, they would have sounded better and they would have sold better. Because ultimately, what did the live record do but put Peter in a situation where he had to play loud? Yeah, that's a great point. Which he couldn't keep up with. Right. Now, my last question for you would be this. You're, you know, you're with a bunch of celebrities. You're, a bunch, you're in Hollywood. Anybody that you're surprised or gives you a, um, I would say that, all right, let me rephrase this. Um, that are, are, do you run into big Kiss fans, people that are like, I love them? Or do you get run into people that kind of snobby about Kiss in music as far as your, you know, your, your fandom? You know, I, Jerick, I bond about Kiss with a bunch of people. Chris Jericho, yeah. you know, was one of, you know, obviously one of the standouts in that. Yep. But nobody, da- like, dares cross a line on my music case. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. I'm shocked. Nobody, yep. nobody, nobody goes, oh, I don't like that band. When I say I like a band, yep. nobody yes. does that. Oh, yep. Children's music. Doesn't fucking, dude, dude, I, yep. can, I can lean in to somebody's face and go, you know, I love uh, Kiss, Richard Marks, <laughs> Winger, and Nickelback. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they're not going to say shit. They're not going to say shit. <laughs> um, and so, and, and partly because they know I'm serious and I'm not fucking around and I love these guys. Sure. Um, but on the other hand, it's because they're cowards and weak. Gotcha. <laughs> nice. No, it, it, honest to God. Like I, um, and if you grow up a Kiss fan, you get some pretty thick skin early. You oh, know, yeah. Especially if you've been in since day one. I bought my first Kiss record when I was five years old with my yeah. own money. It cost $7 at a, at a flea market in Friendship, Indiana. Wow. And I, it was the originals. It was the original album. Oh, the box set. Yeah, nice. it was the three records. Yeah. Seven yeah. bucks for all three Ooh. in 1975. Wow. 76, really. But I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> this is the greatest <laughs> thing I've ever seen. Amazing. And, um, yeah, and took it home. And I was like, yeah, I'm instantly in love. This is exactly what I thought it would sound like looking at it. I know this. I know this inside me. Yep. And, yep. Um, and that was enough. You know, and, and again... That's why I don't begrudge people their music tastes as long as I feel like it's doing them uh, a service. Mm. Yeah. If your if your music makes you feel like shit, then I'll interject. It, you know, <laughs> if you're like, I don't know why I'm fucking, I don't know, I can't, I'm not motivated in my life. I'm like, it's all that fucking Morrissey asshole. That's what's <laughs> the problem. <laughs> you listen to shit that makes you think the world's gonna end all the goddamn that, that time. That is the worst. I tried that one yeah, time. A friend gave me. Here. I'm like. I don't understand this. Just, I don't. Who's enjoying this? Who I don't the, get it. Life is miserable enough. I don't need any help from music. Oh, See, that's oh, funny oh. that you say that because we, Zeus and I, we're we're massive grunge fans. We take a beating from our friends because they right. say the same thing, and I'm like, okay, yeah. A lot of Allison Chains, one of our all-time favorite, a lot of that stuff is very, very down and depressing. You listen to the Dirt album. I've always said, by the time you're done listening to Dirt, you're you're on heroin. You know? I <laughs> yeah. Mean, well, it's a, I mean, Dirt is a heroin. It's a. It's abs- basically all heroin jingles. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> heroin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, Although, but, but, but I we love, love I, it. We love Pearl Jam and Nirvana and Screaming Trees. You know, you know all man. that stuff. We love it. Well, I I would argue, uh, Pearl Jam. Uh, and 
Alice in Chains are not grunge bands. They are I metal agree. bands. Yep. That it, and and one of them leans more towards like AOR rock, which is Pearl uh, Jam is Pearl classic Jam. rock. Pearl Jam's like classic man. American totally. rock. Totally. Yeah. Per- Pearl Jam Ten is one of the most pristine recorded records you'll ever fucking hear. Absolutely. And the same thing is same thing is true of Alice in Chains. Like yep. listen to the acoustics. And oh, the clean Jerry Cantrell's tones. a genius. Amazing. Oh my God. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And I, I've sung with Jerry and Sean. Oh, no kidding. I sang, yeah, one of the first oh. times, if not the first time after Lane died, that they performed together. Wow. Um, they were in Vegas at a Steel Panther show at one of these places that Panther used to perform all the time. And they're like, come on, guys, you want to come up and do you know, do man in the box or something like that. Nice. Uh, the lead singer, yeah, okay. <laughs> the lead singer of steel Panther, um, uh, Michael Starr, Ralph, yeah. uh, doesn't like singing Skid Row and Alice in Chains because it's hard. It's the, yeah. his voice is that airy breathy, yeah. prettier yeah. version of things. And it's work, you know, whereas I love that shit. Yep. And so he was like, how come on and sing this one? And so I sang with Sean and Jerry. Nice. And Jerry hugged me after, which was oh, really awesome. random and weird. Wow. That's wow. awesome, though. That's amazing. We're going to see, we're seeing Jerry on his solo tour next month. He's coming to yeah. Boston. So is, great. Is your Good silent, dude. hey, is your silence on Nirvana because you don't like him? No, no, no. I was going to say that and Nirvana um, is a different thing altogether. And Nirvana is uh, what I would call pop punk, not grunge. Yeah. And I yeah. think they're more. Um, they uh, over time exactly, also you get it. you get it. Reco- they were more like Green Day than they were grunge. The mm-hmm. closest the thing to grunge part of them, is what incredible. people would say is grunge, honestly, and the stuff that made it, anyways, the stuff that actually made it to air. The only thing that I would call grunge that's truly grunge, grunge, is Soundgarden, and Soundgarden yeah. was effectively just a, a redo of Black Sabbath. Yep. With 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 a you know a like a more of a soul singer mm-hmm. if you took a soul singer and put him in black sabbath that's what you get you get Soundgarden. it's a great point too yeah and um and even then once you get to black hole sun stuff like that dude that's this that production sounds like fucking pink floyd get out of yeah. here with this grunge Off stuff stop this like we just turned on the tape and recorded it like a fucking like <laughs> brendan o'brien you know how much fucking time he spent making stuff sound like shit Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, I, I get out of here with grunge. They had to try. They're yeah. all playing through the same amps everybody else did. And w- like when Zach Wild brings in his rig and he sets it up and he turns everything all the way up and then <laughs> plugs a whammy bar, you know, like a, a, plays a, a, a wah-wah pedal through it and is playing as loud as he can. The, you can. That's not grunge any more than they are. You know what yep. I mean? Like uh, amps only get so loud. If you're, if it's, if you're blowing out the recording, it's the mic, not the amp. No, no, there are no amps that can break mics. And certainly none of the ones that the grunge bands are using, for fuck's sake. They weren't w- rolling in a wall of marshals. <laughs> That's right. <Fuck> off. <laughs> you're, you're recording a cone this big out of a four stack. Half these assholes use tweeds in studio. Yeah, Kiss dude. my ass, grunge. You over-modulated stuff on purpose. Yeah. Oh, I'm fired on up a- talking about grunge. I love this. I love no, I love it. I mean, I like um, I I became like I'm a huge Allison Chains fan. I love their work, or whatever. And you know, yes. and you know, like one of my favorite things used to be um, uh, the 
cannot for the man who wonders. Straw that broke your back, you're under. Now you know that none are blind. So I went to a show in L.A., that my friend Jody was managing, a, uh, she was working at A&M and they had her pocketing certain bands that they were developing. And there was a five song um, uh, or a five band uh, like demo show that A&M was putting on for people and to see which bands they liked. And um, one was called, one band was called Burning Tree. And they were the one that A&M was really like rooting for. And this yep. was like 19... 19- 89 yep and they were third on the list and the fifth band was this band called alice in chains wow and the um the lead singer uh no they were yeah they were fifth and they they basically like everybody was gonna go home by the time they played was the idea they weren't (laughs) they weren't headlining (laughs) This was a showcase show for label people who fuck off early. You want the first two slots, but they were like, well, the good band is coming on to the third one. If you want to leave after that, that's fine. And she asked me afterwards, like what I thought of the bands. And I was like, Alice in Chains is the only band that has any meaning here. Everybody else can, I've forgotten everything about them. Wow. Amazing. Yeah, they did five songs off of Dirt. They didn't do Man in the Box, uh, because it was too slow, I think, for what, you know, where they were going. And it was a song that came later in the recording process. Mm-hmm. But I talked, I met Jerry at that show and basically just chatted with him between bands. Wow. Like, when are you guys on? I'll stick around. Like, that kind of shit. Well mm-hmm. before they broke, you know. And it's not like we, you know, kept in touch. But yeah. I was like, but I was like talking to this guy just hanging out. And then they did their show, and I was like, this was fucking great. You guys were amazing. It's like, oh, well, we'll see. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah, right. that's where they were at the time. You know, and they, if you look at um, the, what, uh, Blitz and whether it's the second to last song on uh, on Dirt or, um, after, I have to. Are you I'm thinking of Facelift, Angry right. Chair? Yeah, on, fa- yeah on, on, on Facelift, um, the, the last tune, yeah. The I so, know something about you, real. Yes, that's it. That's it. So yeah, it's basically the label telling them you need a um a de- an upbeat song. Yeah, you need yeah. you need a Guns and Roses song. That's exactly what that song is like. It's it's totally. Sounds we- it sounds it's weird. weird. When you hit- it makes it, no fucking sense. It's not it Alice in Chains. No, it isn't. And it's the label telling them what to do. Yeah. And it's yeah, exactly. and I remember hearing that going, what is this doing here? I, I, yeah, because because facelift is fantastic. But when you hear that, you're like, whoa, this is weird. Yeah, yeah. They had um, a song yeah. on the box set, "I Can't Have You Blues," which on Allison Chain's box set, which I sent to you guys once in a while. I'm like, listen to this. Tell me who this is. Yeah, and it's the most hair metal song you've probably yes. heard. And you're like, that's Allison Chain, right? Yeah, they, they weren't they weren't against it at right. that point. And again, they're a highly produced band listen to i stay away this oh is not God. a band that don't was get like, us nah. started yeah we love we love that when we were in college we had the five disc change player and we would sit down drink before we get out for a party and we throw that on 10 nirvana's never mind super unknown singles, sim- yes. super unknown single soundtrack or purple from like stv right. and yeah, yeah. Fucking have a blast and all those guys shit. by the way jerry cantrell uh, you know 
the guys in Pearl Jam, they're all like Ace Fraley. That's why I picked up the guitar. Absolutely. Yep. That's right. Yeah. Yep. They're all Kiss fans. Yep. And th- so they don't have this hate for it. No. Um, the, you know, and the only the only time I found any like any the only person hostile to the idea of metal or rock was Chris, was uh, was Chris Cornell. You know, really? Yeah. Well, because he said at one point, you know, like, I didn't know we were metal or whatever. Like, ah, like he, he would joke about, you know, kind of fuck hair bands kind of stuff. Yeah. And then recently you had. Yeah. <laughs> Eddie come out with that thing about like, I didn't like Molly you know, crew, the Molly crew fight. Yeah. Right. And um, to me, um, it, you know, I'm sure some people looked at it as like Pearl Jam punching down. I would say it's lateral, but um, you don't make that kind of music and you don't bring that kind of value. I love Pearl Jam, like the early Pearl Jam. When they became Fish 2.0, I kind of <laughs> lost interest. Yes. Because they're all trying, everybody's jockeying to be the next Grateful Dead. That's what they're trying to do. Because that's yeah. where the, the money and the hang is. And you don't have to write any songs anymore. You just jam and jam. do other people's shit. And or you yeah. can say the musical director of Pearl Jam became Eddie Vedder after the first four or five albums. And right. that's why Pearl Jam changed. Yeah, because, because those first few albums. It used to be Stone and Jeff yeah, and Mike. the rest of the band jumping in with ideas. Now yeah. it's. Hey, we'll do an album if Eddie wants one. Yeah, we'll exactly. do something right. if Eddie wants yep. to do this. Yep. And you put it in his hands. That's why you get albums that sound like his solo shit. Yep. I, I agree. And I yep. think um um Oh yeah, we're talking about KISS, right? Yeah, but it, <laughs> but we are I'll tell you what, we're talking about like KISS's stepchildren. Yeah. You oh, know, McCready and, loves. I mean, it. Mike Mike McCready absolutely loves Ace. You go listen yeah. to the go listen to the outro solo oh, yeah. on a on a live yeah. by McCready. That that is the most Ace influenced solo you'll totally. ever hear. Alive is love theme from Kiss. Pretty much, yeah. That. The beginning of it, yeah. Think yep. about yep. that. It is. Yep. Yep. Oh, no question. Yeah, one music and, down, 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 <laughs> Totally, yeah, that's right. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's so half is great. I'm, you know. I, I love that stuff, but I wouldn't call it grunge. And I think it's just an, uh, it was another iteration of rock. And I think labels come up with these derivations and these turns in, ter- in trends so that they can sell records so that totally. rock doesn't roll into the next thing yep. without them being able to like set a generational line so they can sell records. Like that's the old shit. You want the new shit, kid. Yeah, and exactly. And after a while, you're like, actually, a lot of this stuff lines up and there's a thread throughout rock that you can ride and that there's blues rock and there's life rock. And they both walk hand in hand, um, you know, sometimes in the same band like King's X. um, Mm -hmm. And sometimes they bifurcate out into two separate things. And I would argue that uh, that that Kiss doesn't do blues. It's Mm -hmm. not their thing. It's not what they're about. And even the sad parts are hopeful. It's mm. a na- it's the nature of the guys involved. And what it would take for you to put on that makeup and go out every night, you can't go out there going, I hope this will work. Like you can't even have that thought. Mm. If you're that if you're that kind of guy, you're think about the kind of human that dresses up like that and does a show. Jesus you're not gonna write a song. Oh, you're yeah. not gonna write an apology. Yep. No, Whereas actually right. But right. the last thing I'll leave you with that is like hair metal, grunge. We weren't calling it that when we were into that music. We never nope. called anything hair metal. We called mm-hmm. it hard rock, heavy yeah. metal. When That's grunge right. came out when we were in college, that was all part of this new thing called alt rock. It was yeah. alternative. It was, it was alternative. all called alternative. Whether it be Green Day, Nirvana. Yes. Um, it was alternative until it was all over the fucking radio. Exactly. 
there's no such thing as alternative pop. Kiss yep. my ass. Once it gets into the pop realm, it's just rock now, dummy. It's the right. airwaves. There's no alternative to it. But the idea is like, you know, I mean, for fuck's sake, Smells Like Teen Spirit, first of all, is is a Boston lick. And secondly, it's mm, that, line, that line is from a, a, a deodorant ad for girls. <laughs> That's right. Smells like Smells teen like spirit. Teen Spirit was the was a deodorant that lasted yeah. about you know six months. That's Kurt's genius for girl. Yeah, for girls. Yeah. But he wrote he dude he was it was the same thing as like what the Ramones did effectively, which is take uh, generationally early, like two decades earlier, song styles, and then either speed them up or slow them down to mess with the format. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I I mean, look, um, I could we could do this all night with you. Totally. It's fucking amazing. Um, But before we go. Yes. One last kiss question. Okay. (laughs) If I do that, we'll be on for another hour. Totally. Tell us where people can find you, uh, what you're into right now, where they can see you, whether it's stand up, uh, where they can listen to you, anything. Yeah. Next week, I'm in Michigan um, and uh, in Holland, Michigan and Grand Rapids um doing stand-up at like four different places uh you can go to housesparks.com and look at my calendar for that and then um nerd halen's got some gigs coming up we're at yamaba india india indian casino on the april 1st i think it's the next gig we just did the monsters of rock cruise we're going to do it again next year um and so we're we're stacking gigs this is a, the monster rock was our fi- 14th and 15th show wow. together Nice. It's kind of amazing. That's, I catch your stuff on YouTube all the time. It's fucking fantastic. Meteoric rise. Thank you. And my and my live stream is every day of the week, um, five days a week. I you know I my afternoon show is politics. Uh, it's Hal Sparks Mega Worldwide. Um, and then in the mornings, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, I do a morning show. It's a little more philosophical, less directly political and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then Saturday, I have a radio show, a Hal Sparks radio program, Mega Worldwide, which has been on uh, WCPT in Chicago for over a decade now um and and yeah and then i you know stand-up shows and music and acting and all this stuff so yeah when you come into boston soon uh yeah if you can't tell we have a boston (laughs) all the (laughs) springtime yeah there you go please come to boston all right um uh more than likely it'll be late spring or the summer um stand up or the band stand up more than likely and first Although I want to drag the guys back east, and if we can get some gigs lined up, we'll basically start stacking, you know. Um, but uh, that because that's definitely got to happen. I I would love to play Boston doing Nerd Halen. Oh my gosh! So oh, New fun. Hampshire, the ballroom, probably places oh, like that. Places. Yep. Beautiful. Awesome. And um, uh, so yeah, well, that'll those will definitely get announced. And it's it it started to steamroll or snowball, I suppose, yeah. at this point, um, because it was like. I told Caleb when we started this, I'm like, it's going to take about three years for us to get off the ground. And then COVID happened. It was like two years in the middle of it. Right. (laughs) And I was like, and it didn't really slow it down. The growth of it actually maybe even sped up a little bit in the process. So um, fingers crossed, it'll keep growing that way. And I just love doing it because it brings so much joy to people. Mm-hmm. um you know it's the, best, uh, and, uh, it's the best david lee roth we've heard and we've heard him on the tour when he opened up for kiss 
I just right. saw that was the I saw him open for them as well. So yeah. um, and that's another story for another time. We'll talk about that yeah, uh, yeah, on yeah, the yeah. next one. But um, yeah, so and then so infotainmentwars.com is my uh will bring you to my YouTube show. If you're on Twitch, it's twitch.tv slash Hal Sparks. People can follow me on Twitter at Hal Sparks or on Instagram at Hal Sparks. Um uh I'm on you know, I'm on the ground floor of most social media things when I can. And um <laughs> And then if you, you know, if you're ever at a kiss show and you're in, you're at your seat and you got your beverage and your snacks and you're, you're wearing your new merch shirt and it smells like formaldehyde or a <laughs> truck or something. And you just, just do this, just look over and lean, look down the aisle. More than likely I'll be standing there. Perfect. Love it. Hal, this has been a blast, man. Thank yeah. you so much for giving us so much of your time yeah. talking grunge, talking kiss. It's it just a, a really blast of a time. Thank you yeah, so much. We got to do this again, Hal. Thank you very much. Thanks so much. All right. And that was us chatting about everything with Hal Sparks. We talked kiss. We talked grunge. We talked the uh, anatomy of a vocal cord. <laughs> yeah. It was fantastic. He's a blast. He, he loves to talk. He's passionate about what he's saying to us. And uh, it was just a ton of fun. And we could have kept going. And after we stopped recording, we did keep going for a while with him. It was great. Yeah, it was a lot of fun for me as well. I, I think that he's fascinating. The thing about it is he does put a lot of research into what he's talking about. Uh, he's got a, a constant kind of wise ass smirk on his face that I remembered from the all those shows he used to do on VH1. Like, Yes. Like, you know, like sarcastic kind of seeing him is a lot different than to just listen. Yeah, to yeah, yeah. Yep. You you kind of get his vibe and you laugh at it and it's funny as hell. Yep. Um, it, my, before we got recorded, my daughter came in, had to say hi to him, too. He was yeah. kind enough to talk to her about that and yep. about Lab Rats, that show that he was on. And uh, great guy knows a ton of shit about music. His uh, nerd healing band on the mork was fantastic from what we heard from our yep. friends and uh he's got a lot of uh you know uh, what do they say uh things in the oven basically yeah. oh, oh god absolutely he's yeah. all over the place and he is very much jericho like where yeah i'm a stand-up comedian why can't i be an actor yeah i do yeah. that why can't i be in a band why can't yeah. i do a podcast why can't like i love that i yep. love that about them both they have the same type of personality. They're both super kind and gracious. And you you don't get that like, hey, I'm a star. You're not. And I'm going to talk to you like this from either of them. They're both great guys. And it's fun and funny because they're, they're friends with each other. And uh, we were talking to Chris about the fact that we were having Hal on. Yep. And, uh, you know, Hal has a great story. I won't share it now, but has a great story about Jericho. Uh, <laughs> on a show they were on together, but and 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 it just goes to show you sometimes uh, kisses everywhere. And kiss, exactly, uh, goes through all sorts of stuff. Here's a guy I never thought would be a major Kiss fan, but you know, here you go, and he's got a good background story and how he got into Kiss and why he got into Kiss. It's very similar to kind of Chris about getting into Kiss when the non makeup era. But he likes uh, all make all eras of Kiss as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, I, we just find this stuff fascinating, and we want to have guests like this on. Yeah, it was great too because some of the questions that we asked him, and you know, of course, we veered off because we're just we start talking about everything. But I, I, I liked 
some of his differing theories on, you know, did Vinnie Vincent save Kiss? You know, that's like the cliche question. He's like, no, Eric Carr did. And I was like, whoa. And then he kind of went into an explanation of it. I'm like, okay, shit. Yeah, I never really heard that one before. Then I really, really liked how he went into how he's convinced that Paul Stanley blew his voice out during the reunion tour. And then that's when he went, that's when he went through the whole thing about the vocal cords, just fascinating, like theories and an an informed opinion is what we love from people. Yeah. When he was saying, Hey, I can't fucking tune to this. I'm too lazy. Just just sing it in this fucking key. All right. Yep. Oh, exactly. And then my fan, and then maybe, maybe, my favorite part of the entire interview, other than the kiss, was when we started to veer off into talking grunge for a little bit. That was just great. I, I, that was great. And it, and then he was his off the cuff Sebastian Bach vocals. Oh my god, that was oh yeah, oh yeah. He just he would break out into song throughout the whole interview. You guys That's heard awesome. it. it was great. He actually's got the pipes. He can hit them. He can yeah, hit those yeah. notes. So yep. And yeah. And when he was doing his and when he was doing his Brian Johnson, if you saw his <laughs> face, the way he was doing the Brian Johnson, it was the great. Neck, the neck all squeezed back and yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah that was yeah, great yep, that's great yep. well we're we hope you liked it uh we liked it and we'll probably have hal on again soon and uh tom what we do next is we go to question of the week and it's sponsored by that's right question of the week is sponsored by a company involving our good friend listener and patreon joe decker this week's question of the week is brought to you by fusion tech data and electric Fusion Tech is a recognized communications contractor specializing in the construction, splicing, testing, and documentation of all types of fiber optics networks. Along with that, Fusion Tech Electric can service all your electrical construction needs, commercial, industrial, and utility, as well as electrical substation work and all UPS and DC power plant installation. Fusion Tech currently operates throughout the five boroughs of New York City, as well as New Jersey and the tri-state area providing union labor with IBEW Local 3 in New York City and IBEW Local 164 and Local 102 in New Jersey. For more information about Fusion Tech, please visit them at www.fusiontech-llc.com or call them at 973-650-1357. Again, that is fusiontech-llc.com or call them at 973 650 for all your electrical and data needs guys are great if you guys need some help in this area go give a fellow kiss fan and loudcaster a call joe decker and uh please support our sponsor and uh we thank joe fusion tech and you loudcasters and now question of the week Our question of the week comes from Frank from Facebook. This is a pretty interesting one. And it's funny because I, my, the answer kind of quickly popped into my head, my head. So I'm anxious to see what you think. He said, guys, I was listening to your episode where you talked about things that are overrated and underrated in kiss. Mm -hmm. Do you think there is anything in the kiss world that is perfectly rated? Alive. Okay. Okay. That was going to be, that was going to be one for me. That was up there for me, but I thought it would be too obvious, but I liked it. My other one was going to be rock and roll over. And I say that because I never hear, like you hear people say, I love destroy. That's ah, a little overrated. I love love gun. That's ah, a little overrated. I love harder than hell. Yeah, but it sounds crappy. 
I have never really heard anybody say anything overly negative about rock and roll over. People say it's my favorite album. Yeah, I'm not going to argue with that. It's a great album. It's got great hits, deep cuts. But Alive 2, uh, you're right. Alive 1, I would I would agree with you. Because a lot of things, we talk about this and we did our whole episode, a lot of things are either overrated or underrated when you're talking about Kiss. So yeah, I'm also thinking critics like actually like Alive. Yeah. So they get some some that love from it. Yep. Um, you know, I, I do some people think that it's better than some of the tracks. I can see that argument. I mean, some of the studio tracks, I can see that argument. Yep. It, I think it's perfectly rated where it is. Um, but I could be wrong, but I understand where you're coming from and rock and roll over. You don't hear any hate on it. No, no, that's a great question. Who knows? That could be a future episode down the road. We've done overrated and underrated. Maybe we'll do perfectly rated. Who knows? Perfect. But thank you for that question. That was amazing. And again, thank you to our sponsor, Joe Decker and Fusion Tech LLC. Awesome stuff. Thank you, everybody. Yep. And once again, Fusion Tech LLC.com. And the phone number is 973-650-1357. Tom, where can people find us? Yes, as always, our email, shoutitoutloudcast at gmail.com. Shoutitoutloudcast at gmail.com. Please email us comments, questions, little quips, show ideas, anything. We read every single email. We might not read it all on the show, but we do read every single email. So please please email us. You you will not be lost and forgotten. Uh, And of course, our social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, very active on all of those. Comment on our stuff, tag us, retweet, whatever you want. Be part of the family, stay involved. You can send us direct messages on all of those. As you heard earlier, we read uh, a Facebook DM. So please consider that. Uh, And of course, we're part of that wonderful Pantheon podcast network of shows. Tons of great shows. We're so proud to be part of that family. Uh, We got our buddy Jay from the Hook Rocks. Great show. We got our buddies Baco and LC from Cobras and Fire. Those guys are crazy. They're doing their their own March Madness thing coming up, March Badness, which is hilarious. Those guys are nuts. Um, So check them out and all the other great shows on there. Uh, And as we said earlier, our wonderful and amazing Patreon family. We can't thank you guys enough, including our newest one, Johnny G. Thank you so much for being part of the family. You guys are the best, and we can't thank you enough for that. I always like to repeat the email, shout it out loudcast at gmail.com, shout it out loudcast at gmail.com. Feel free to DM us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We always love when we get those. We read them. Sometimes we don't get back to you that quickly, but we always take a look at them. Same with the emails as well. Please continue to subscribe to our YouTube YouTube. channel that is constantly growing. It's much appreciated. Uh, you guys have been uh, joining at a nice pace. Let's keep it going, boys and girls. Keep uh, subscribing to our YouTube channel. Then, in addition to that, keep giving us those five star, star. child reviews on Apple Podcast, on Podchaser, on Spotify, on Facebook. Wherever you can give a five-star review, please do so. It's a big help to us, and we really appreciate it. As a matter of fact, we have another one to read. Yes, we do. This comes from Baby Daddy 9 Best Kiss podcast? Most definitely. <laughs> and then it says, settle down. This is the funniest and most entertaining Kiss podcast out there. 
great interviews, special guests, and good to have their album review crew episodes to discuss other artists that don't wear clown makeup. (laughs) Well, thank you, Baby Daddy Nine, for the five-star review, and thank you for the humorous five-star review. Those are the best kind, so we appreciate that very much. We know everybody's very busy these days, so to take some time and write something about us is very, very, uh, we're very grateful for that. So thank you, Baby Daddy Nine. Yes, much appreciated. Those are always great. Tom, what we like to do now is we end with famous last words. That is lyrics from the great band Kiss. You got any? Oh, I dug deep for this one. Ooh. Ooh. The Padre looks well fed. What? Remember what the good book said. Vultures circle overhead. What the fuck is that? Seduction of the Innocent. Not a good song. (laughs) All right, Tom. I'm not your social security. (laughs) I'm not your star opportunity. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, baby, you can have me. Absolutely. Won't you give me? I'm not finishing. Oh, I like that song. That was another thing that Hal did a nice job talking about the breaking down the four solo albums. That's all I ask from you. That's all I'm asking for. Oh, yeah, I fucked up the lyrics, whatever. That shows you how often I listen to that album past Radioactive. (laughs) Yeah. Nell Carter from Gimme a Break. (laughs) Gimme a break. I shall deserve it. (laughs) You have to be like the biggest lead, like, actress in a tv series i think of all time right like big like physically big or like (laughs) big like famous no big big like circumference big big she big she's big woman (laughs) other than shirley from what's what's happening now i'm thinking were you just gonna say what's going down from the what's going down episode (laughs) that's my mama yeah that too um, but yeah, the- surely for what's happened. What the fuck? <laughs> she was a comedian too. I don't know. But oh, uh yeah. she and uh I think Roseanne too may have been up Oof. there. Oof. <laughs> they're not what you would call attractive. They're not they're not what you would call fit women. <laughs> yeah. Only podcasters are fit, Tom. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Well, we want to thank our guest, Hal Sparks, for coming on. Tom, thank you. Loudcasters, thank you. Kiss Army, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Huge thanks to Hal Sparks. What a, what a treat that was to have him. Tons of fun. We love those kinds of guests, those kinds of interviews. Uh, thank you, everybody out there, our Patreons, our Loudcasters, everybody you guys rock. Thank you so much. And Zeus, as always, thank you. Peace out, Girl Scout. Joy, you like movies about gladiators? 
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 